Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, yes, living the dream once again on a spectacular college football Saturday. Hartman and Schwartz in the Fox Sports Radio studios. To give you an idea of what's going on right now, I'm going to give you some teams as games have just started. All right, we got Notre Dame, we got Alabama. We got Iowa, we got Ohio State, we got Clemson. They're all playing right now. So we're going to continue to update you throughout the show on all these big games throughout the college football world. There he is, Jeff Schwartz. Jeff, we always talk on this Saturday like, how is it possible? We're only here three hours, and you're asking us, so let's see here. Review the games from this morning, everything happened. Talk about all these games going on right now. All the heavyweights are in action right now. Preview games later on today in college football and also put our spin on tomorrow's big Sunday in the NFL. How are we going to do all that, Jeff? I don't know, but what I feel, though, is that we are very good luck for Iowa Sam because every time we talk, Iowa score another touchdown, as they just did right now. So we need to do this show every single week when Iowa's playing just for Sam. Yes, they're trying to uh, find a way to figure out (laughs) Kent State today, powerhouse opponent for Iowa, but the number five Hawkeyes are off to a – Eight to nothing lead uh, with six thirty four to go in the first quarter. We got so many things going on yes. coming up a little later on this half hour. We're going to talk about that USC coaching job. But I want to get your thoughts today because right at the top, Oklahoma beat Nebraska twenty three to sixteen, 
And the outcome certainly no surprise. Oklahoma's number three in the country. Nebraska's now two and two as they continue to struggle. But I was thinking back. It was 50 years ago. Now, there aren't a lot of us that can actually remember this game 50 years ago. But I was 13 and already knee-deep in the sports world. Definitely a huge college football fan. That was when number one Nebraska defeated number two Oklahoma. Deemed the game of the century. 35-31. to The famous punt return for a touchdown by the man that would win the Heisman Trophy the following year. Johnny Rogers. But it harkened back to a day when this was really one of the marquee matchups. Yeah. Oklahoma, Nebraska, Michigan, Ohio State, USC, UCLA, USC, Notre Dame, Alabama, Auburn. There were only a few back in the 70s where they were the feature game every single year. And to see these two rivals back on the field, and by the way, Nebraska playing respectable in this game, not one of their worst outcomes. By the way, I believe this is the fewest points ever scored by an Oklahoma team with Lincoln Riley as their head coach. It's been 65 games straight. They've scored over 27 points. So there it is. But, I mean, what was your – just to see those two schools on the same field again. Well, it brought back a lot of nostalgia. It's been 11 years since they played. I'm glad they're playing. They're playing again next season as well as part of a home-and-home. Yep. Home. Um, you know, to me, it, the way Oklahoma played today reinforced the, the, the idea that we really – I don't know if Perry is the right word this year, Steve, but yeah. there's just the teams we thought were going to be good just aren't as good this year, right? Oklahoma is not as good as they've been in the past. It's, 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 you can see on the field, defensively, they played – Better today, but but Nebraska has a quarterback who can't move the ball, right? Can't throw the ball. So how good did they play on defense? I you know I don't know because again Nebraska can't score. Offensively though, they're just not the same team they've been. Spencer Rattler is is not maybe improved the way that people thought he would in this offense. And obviously, there's a lot of season left, so things can change fairly quickly. You know, at the end of our show, excuse me, the start of our show last week, we talked about Ohio State. You know, Ohio State's not the same team they've been. Um, and really, even other powers around the country who we thought were going to be good this year, right? Oh, Miami's going to be better this year. No, they're not. Uh, USC might be. Oh, no, they're not. And I just, a lot of teams we thought were going to be good just aren't this season. And it's Alabama who's playing Florida right now. They're up seven to three. Dan Mullen uh, foolishly took a field goal in the red zone when he shouldn't have. Um, and, we, we have a lot of good teams and, and maybe one great team. Yeah, I think that I agree with you. Like these first couple of weeks of the college football season, it sort of reflects in my Heisman update that will be coming up at the bottom of the hour. I'm still waiting, right? I'm, I'm sort of waiting right now. You mentioned Spencer Rattler. If you look at the passing numbers in this game today in that Nebraska-Oklahoma battle, Adrian Martinez threw the ball much better than Rattler. He was 19-25, yeah. 289 yards a touchdown. He did throw a bad interception. But Rattler was pedestrian, 24 at 34, 214 yards. I mean, that is, let's see, that is less than nine yards of completion. He had one touchdown. So he certainly didn't look like any uh, Heisman candidate in today's game. So I'm just sort of sitting back right now. I'm not quite sure what's going on, whether it's a level of parity or mediocrity. But right now, nothing really like, wow. There hasn't been a wow moment yet. I know you think Oregon's win against Ohio State was a wow (laughs) moment. But, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Like, where, you know, somebody clearly separates themselves from the pack. It could happen. It probably will happen at some point. But we're not there yet. So everyone's sort of the feeling out process. You mean outside of Alabama, of course. 
Well, but Alabama's a, a Alabama ride. looked really good against Miami. I'm watching this game right now against Florida. We'll see. I mean, this is again, if they go on the road against the Gators and just blow the doors off of Florida, rank 11th in the country, then you can say, okay, Alabama's there. They looked awfully good in that opening game against Miami, but then yeah. Miami got smoked today at home by Michigan State. So how impressive was that Alabama victory against Miami? Yeah, I, it's not as impressive. And the thing that I'm looking forward to to doing uh, is seeing tape with Alabama specifically is this is Bryce Young's first true road game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in the swamp, and uh, uh, you know, he has not played. He played the neutral site game against Miami, as you mentioned. But now we obviously have a game, you know, a neutral site game that, uh, excuse me, a, a true road game in the swamp, right? This is a big game. Florida thinks they can win this game, even though they're two touchdown favorites. Um, and you know, he's got a couple throws right now, 37, behind a wide receiver. Had one a little bit late, the throw before that. So that's what I want to see. Because if Alabama, if Bryce Young goes into Florida, and dominates Florida, then no one's beating Alabama this year, which I don't think is going to happen anyways. But if if we see a little bit of a like a little bit of normalcy, right? A, a true freshman, not a true freshman, but a, a second year player who shows a little bit of 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 like, hey, I'm normal, right? I'm, I'm not going to play as well on the road in this environment. That makes me feel better about where college football is at. But right now, you know, if Alabama goes into Florida and waxes them, Steve, I mean, we're really just playing for second place this year. I don't know. Did you see the uh, new Nick Saban you know, football life story? It just, I, have not, I have not watched it. I, saw I, it I just announced. saw it last night, right? And it was interesting because they had Bill Belichick with him quite a bit. And we know the history there between the two when Belichick was the uh, you know head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Saban had been the head coach at Toledo, his first head coaching job, where he had a great season at Toledo, and then he left to become the defensive coordinator of the Browns, where he stayed for four years before he became the yeah. head coach at Michigan State. And so they were, they were taking him over the years, but it was very interesting, you'll see this, about his decision to lead the Miami Dolphins and come to Alabama. And, you know, he and his wife have been together since high school. I mean, they are high school sweethearts. They've been together forever. And... They made it pretty clear that she was not 100% happy with the life of an NFL wife, that she actually preferred the life as a college football wife. And you're like, so why exactly did you leave? Because they were talking to Jason Taylor, who the second year he was with the Dolphins, he was the defensive player of the year. He was singing the praise of playing for Nick Saban. They had had a bad year, but you know they they fully expected to be pretty good down the road. But that that was what came out of this is that it wasn't about money. Um, it wasn't about anything else other than the fact that Nick's mm-hmm. wife really preserved, uh, you know, thought that the college football life was better. I don't get that because when you think about it, all the things you have to – in fact, we're on the other side. We're going to get into this whole USC coaching job. But seriously, if you're a, a top-level coach, what would you prefer? Would you prefer the hustle necessary to maintain a high-profile college football program, or would you like to sit back and just focus on football, which is exactly what an NFL head coach does? Uh, so here's – I'll just say this as we, as we get to the break, that there is a power – there's a power you have as a college football coach mm-hmm. and college football couple and as a, the wife of a college football coach in a small town of Tuscaloosa that you, have, that you do not have in Miami. Right. And 
that power can be intoxicating, right? It can be part of the allure of coaching college football. Look, his wife's not recruiting, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, his, his yeah. wife is is living as you know Nick Saban's wife in Tuscaloosa, um, and that is better, I, th- I would imagine, as someone who you know, as, as someone who's the wife of a football coach in Miami. It's a big difference, and so I'm not surprised. Look, family life, you want to live in Miami or in Tuscaloosa? Probably Tuscaloosa is a probably better family life than Miami. Um, and so that's why I think sometimes coaches can, um, you know, can choose that. Now, again, the recruiting is a big part of this, and we can get into all that in just a second. All right. Uh, the other side, USC is decided to make a change as their coach is fired, Clay Helton. But who is the right fit? And what should USC expect in trying to recruit the top names to be their next head football coach? By the way, Kent State answered back. Iowa hanging on now against Kent State. It is 9-7, to seven, and Iowa Sam's like, what happened to our defense? All right, we'll continue to update you on all the top games. And, yes, who will be the USC football coach? We will tell you coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. He throws it out on the left side. Chase has it. Stiff arms a tackler. And he'll dive to the end zone. Touchdown, Alabama. That's Eli Gold, the voice of the Crimson Tide of Alabama there on Learfield. 
They've added another touchdown since then. So number one Alabama off to a quick start on the road against the Florida Gators, leading that game 14 to three. Three minutes to go in the first quarter there. Hartman and Schwartz with you here. It is our Fox Football Saturday. And this is unbelievable. All right. So during the break, we had an opportunity to bring on Cincinnati Bearcats coach Luke Fickle. Talk about their big win today against Indiana. Yes. And I thought to myself, as much as I would like to touch base with the coach, it could be awkward. Because there's no way I could bring him in, even if we're celebrating their nice win and they're undefeated again. He's done an unbelievable job with Cincinnati. They're top 10 in the country, 38-24. I can't bring him on without asking about USC. Of course not. Uh, There's no way I could bring Fickle on and not ask him about the USC job because Mike Bone is the athletic director and he and Luke have a long history together. So it's an awkward situation. I want to go back this week. So... On Saturday, USC got embarrassed by Stanford at home. I have TV in Los Angeles where I do a half-hour show post-game, and I predicted, knowing USC people as I do, there was no way he was going to survive that game. It was over. And people are like, what, two games in the season? I'm, not, I'm saying, I'm telling you, he will not survive. And two days later, Clay Hilton was fired. So let's go to the next day. Because the one guy that everybody thought Mike Bone was going to hire as the next USC coach was going to be Urban Meyer. And the university president said, no, you're not bringing in Urban Meyer with all that dirty laundry that he's carrying from his Ohio State days and that assistant coach fiasco, domestic abuse, and all this kind of stuff. So no, 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 you're not going to hire him. And then Mike Bone put out a tweet that was probably the most unpopular tweet in history when he said, I have good news, we are retaining the rights of Clay Helton as our coach. So Wednesday, I want to hear this. This was Coach Meyer, now, of course, the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. By the way, listen to the question that is asked of him in this press conference. Unfortunately for you, some rumors came out yesterday connecting you to the USC job. I just, just want to give you the opportunity to refute it. So yeah, it. There's no chance that uh, I'm, I'm here and committed to try to build an organization. Okay, so, well, I don't even know what that was. Uh, I'll give you a chance to refute it. That's not even a question. That's lame. You have to ask him, do you have any interest in the USC job? Of course he's going to say no right now, Jeff, right? You're in the middle of, of the season. Of course he's uh, correct he's going to say no. And and to be honest, I don't know at, at this point if he even knows if he wants that job yet. He's been he's had one regular season week in the NFL. It was an but ugly I, week. It was an ugly week, but I'm I'm not even sure that he that he knows if he wants that job at the moment. I mean, I think he might think I said maybe I, maybe I'd take it, but as of right now, I'm not sure he knows if he really wants a USC job. USC, I believe, has sort of asked him in the past, but not really because they're not willing to pay for Urban Meyer. They had not been willing to pay for Urban Meyer. But I can make the argument, Steve, that this would be a bad hire for USC. All right. Let me ask you about a different hire before we get into this a little bit deeper. Have you heard of uh, Mario Cristobal? Uh, yeah, I believe um, yeah. he's the coach of my Ducks. That is Stony, correct. We, we, we play the Stony Brook Seawolves today, by the way. That, yes, you do. Uh, so your Oregon Ducks have this coach named Mario Cristobal, who happened to be with on our Fox Sports' own Doug Gottlieb. Oh, yeah. Listen to this conversation. I'm not going to bury the lead. I'm not going to soft sell it. I'm just going to ask you. There's a job in your conference which came open. When people mention your name for said job, what would your response be? My response is go Ducks. Any any chance, any chance 
that you at least have a conversation about it. I'm saying, telling you again, go Ducks. I, I'm not sure why you brought me on this interview. I was no, under no, the impression no, I, that we were I, talking I, about the Oregon Ducks and whatnot. Uh, since we go this route, I'll reinforce yep. it again. Go Ducks. And so here I am, buddy. All right, which is why we just did not bring Luke Fickle on the show and the opportunity because we would have to ask that question, yeah. and it, it obviously puts these coaches in a precarious situation. So let's let's go back to this whole firing of Clay Helton two games in the season because you're going to get the same response from anybody out there that is being asked about the USC job in the middle of a season. What are they all going to say? No, I have no interest. Just like Nick Saban back in the day said he had no interest in the Alabama job with two weeks remaining on the Miami Dolphins schedule back in 2006. So how do you think this is all going to play out here, Jeff? Well, there's going to be lots of options for this job, and, and every single agent will use their friends in the media to uh, to pump up their clients. Um, but there is no way Mario Cristobal, first of all, takes that job. Uh, he already has a playoff team in Oregon. He's not going to USC to build up another playoff team there. You, that roster needs needs a lot of work. They need to get a little tougher. Um, they need to switch up their offense. And there's a lot of things that need to happen at USC. Plus, again, he's winning right now at He's winning right now at Oregon. He didn't go to USC to win. Um, there's many different ways to go here, right? So Urban Myers, everyone's going to throw it out there. I would think this is a bad hire for USC. It would be. You need a coach who is committed to staying there a long time. And Urban has not shown that in his career to be committed to staying at one program for a while. Now, he might win a championship in the next couple of years at USC. I don't know. They have Oregon in their conference, right? When Pete Carroll was there, there was no Oregon. There was no other team in the conference. It was Pete Carroll was the best by far. He left. Chip Kelly, David Shaw kind of took over, and that's kind of been Oregon's conference since then. And there is, you know, there, there's no, uh, there's no, I think, need for Urban Meyer. Then the question becomes, is it Luke Fickle? Is it Matt Campbell? Is it, is it James Franklin? Is it Bill O'Brien? Um, you know, Colin Coward on, on, uh, went on a long tangent about hiring a pro coach, Doug Peterson, for the job, right? Uh, we saw that work, obviously, with Pete Carroll, and maybe that's the way to go. But they have four months to figure it out. And they better get it right. If they don't get this right, Mike Bones out of a job eventually, right? Like at some point, you have to get this higher right. And Steve, the thing that I have argued for years now, I have a Pac-12 radio show, uh, and I follow I mean, you follow conference very very well. I don't think this is the job that people want it to be. I think it is a job that is good, not great. There's a lot of boosters that have their hand in the program. Um, there's obviously the expectations are very high. You're now recruiting against everyone nationally out of Los Angeles. It used to not be that case, right? USC got, got LA kids. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, they weren't coming into USC and into LA and stealing kids. Oregon wasn't either. Now all those teams are doing that. Now you can make the argument USC's bad. That's why. But I mean, there's five five-star quarterbacks. Not getting all of those guys, right? Those guys are going to go gonna go elsewhere at some point. I don't think it's the job that people want it to be. Now, with the right coach, it might be the job people want it to be. But, but we'll find out who they hire, whether that's the right coach or not. But the bottom line is, they got JT Daniels. They recruited a five-star right. quarterback. They and, had Bryce Young committed to going to USC, and that's with Clay Helton. Do you honestly believe a Bryce Young is going to walk away from an Urban Meyer? No way! I mean, this... I, right, but, I, I but, do right, not they, buy... But they got, right, but they got their five-star in, in JT Daniels. Like, so, so it's, it's not like they haven't gotten a five-star. Jackson Dart playing right now, true freshman playing right now. He He's a high four-star. They're getting guys to go there. Right, 
but you don't have the coaches that develop them and take them to the next level. I still think that the USC job, if you're a USC fan, and people always harken back to Pete Carroll. Look, I remember the day they hired Pete Carroll. He got booed out of town. They were like, what is this? Pete Carroll? I mean, it, it, like his daughter was a volleyball player and Mike Garrett was so desperate as athletic director to hire anybody. No one wanted the job. USC had hit the absolute skids at that point. They'd finished last in the conference and he was the only guy available. He'd been out yeah. of work for a whole year, twice fired as an NFL coach. He hadn't done anything to distinguish himself as an NFL head coach. And they took him on a flyer and he barely survived that first year. They were two and four at the start of the season. They ended up six and six. And then somehow, because he had Norm Chow's as offense coordinator, they were able to finally flip Carson Palmer from being a total disappointment into a Heisman Trophy winner. And the rest was history. And that's where USC fans are hanging on. It's is the fact that we came from a lower level than we are right now and built this juggernaut under Pete Carroll, who no one thought was going to have any impact as a USC coach, but he was in the right place, right time. And they absolutely believe that you bring in someone, you know, a high profile guy. I like the idea of an NFL coach. I think that's a great idea. Eric Bieniemy's name is out there. There's other NFL coaches that might have an opportunity to come to USC. And my argument to them is look how it worked out for Pete Carroll. Could it have worked out any better? No one was like, you know, jumping over themselves yeah. to hire Pete Carroll for a third chance to be a head coach until he got that opportunity at USC. So I would think about it. I still think USC, the brand carries a lot of weight in college football with the right guy, the right guy in the place. No question. Um, yeah. It, so the they need the right guy in place, obviously. I'll just give you one other part of this equation I think is tougher than when Pete Carroll was was uh, was doing this. There are less bigger bodies in Southern California now in the high school uh, uh, recruiting classes, right? It's not it's not a fertile recruiting ground for big bodies. Offense and, and most specifically defensive line. Some guys, right? Kayvon Thibodeau, Drake Jackson, Corey Foreman, who's at USC now, both those, those, those kids are. Um, and when Pete Carroll was at USC, there were still those big bodies in California in high school, right? A lot of people have, have left California, right? Vegas, Arizona, Dallas, right? They've moved that way. And you have to rec- – you need to be big, physical to win these games. Alabama right now is up 21-3. to three. Yes, Bryce Young's great. Yes, you know, our defense is good. But guess what, guys? They still beat people up in the trenches, right? And Oregon beats people up in the trenches. USC does not do that. And they need to get back to doing that. So who's ever hired as a coach – needs to be able to recruit those bodies out of Texas, out of Florida, out of Georgia, out of Arizona, and get that, that talent back in the track. It's not so easy just walking down the street to all the high schools that are, that, that are by USC and, and picking the kids out like there used to be. They're, they're not there anymore. And so there is more work to be done to get those guys into, um, into, into USC. If they had hired Urban Meyer a year ago, they'd already be there. I don't think there's any question about that. If they had hired Urban Meyer, they, they, have, they, they would already they the, be there. They have, they have the seventh best class last year. So I like understand they, they had that. A bum class. They, they yeah, but to, you got to be able to develop the talent. It's easy. I mean, again, you're selling the brand. Okay, that's going to bring bodies in. But unless you can develop them, take them next level. All right. Speaking of next level, on the other side, I'm going to give you my latest Heisman update. But right now, let's find out what's trending. And oh ho ho ho! Look who's here! David Gascon! 
you know, uh, other anchors during this time slot to get, you know, some applause. What from our, the heck? from our lackey? Well, Jeff, so when's the last time we heard Gascon's voice? Been a long time. Been a while. He's so busy Gascon's these days. He's just he's just too big time for us. Ah. He, he's doing TV appearances, and you're everywhere, man. Ooh, I didn't realize he's that big time. Ah. Kill him, buddy. Good for you. Oh, I'm trying, trying, but I gotta I gotta push back a little bit on you, George or Jeff. Um, Jeff, the one thing when you mentioned Oregon and why yeah. they have been around for so long, and I no, think, we haven't been around for so long. No, I mean I mean like been that team of the conference. Yes, is. I mean, granted, they haven't won a national title, but you can at least agree that they don't have the biggest guys in the world at Oregon. But even when they lost to Auburn, they out-schemed opponents. And so, granted, if you don't have the best competition or the best competition or the best talent in, in Southern California, you can at least out-scheme your you opponents you, in the you, Pac-12. You, you, you can't do that anymore. That's why Mario Cristobal has built his team on the trenches. Anthony Brown is the seventh best, seventh best quarterback in the Pac-12 conference, and yeah. they just went to Ohio State and won because they beat him up in the trenches. But like, I mean, there's, there's, The game has changed now. Like, you're right. Well, I, I agree, that. though, but with Clemson, when Clemson took care of Alabama, it was Deshaun Watson. I mean, they didn't. I mean, they had some size the, against the Crimson Tide, the, but it was that one guy that was dynamic. Sure, but that beat all their them. defensive linemen got drafted. I mean, like, yeah. like I mean, that's USC's not getting any of that right now. Right, and like that, that to me is, I think, so important. We look at at the, and here's part of it too. It, it, this is, it's an identity thing, right? Sure. So, if you are, let's say you're you're down in a game, right? You're down seven in a game. Mm-hmm. USC's down seven right now, right? They had the ball at the, at the minus one yard line, right? So 99 yards to go. Yeah. They needed. They tried to rush the ball out of the end zone, and they got zero yards and zero yards, right? Yeah. Two rushes for zero yards. And it, so it, it's a mentality, right? If you come of out course. backed up and you, you go 10 yards, 12 yards, play action pass, 15 yards, seven-yard run, nine-yard run, like it fires the whole team up. Sure. And the, you don't have that right now at USC and really a lot of other programs well, that need to be I, good. I think that could be an argument to be made that why you need to replace Graham Harrell. When you're running pistol... Oh, I hate this offense. Pr- I, I've been talking pistol, about this for three years. Yeah, first down and goal to go at the one-yard line and you run out of, you run out of pistol. Uh, you don't go under center. Oh, I hate this offense. You don't go full-house backfield. Like, you don't do anything like that. And USC hasn't had that for quite a while. I mean, I think there's plenty of talent here in Southern California. I mean, you talk about the two best high school programs nationally... It's modern day in St. John Bosco. And then one can make an argument for Centennial, which is out in Corona. So those three programs in California, you don't even mention De La Salle out of Northern California. Like, you can't have that town escape. But I think that not only goes to head coaches, but I think it goes to the recruiting staff as well. I mean, USC has lost all of that. And I think there's areas for Oregon to come in or, of course, Alabama, Clemson. Maybe Florida State, you know Texas, obviously, um, but I think it stems from the organizational structure of Southern Cal as opposed to anything else. Because they're, they're a mess. Going- they're a mess from the top down. They yeah. have a school president that puts no weight on the football program. If anything, she'd like to eliminate football completely yeah. from the USC uh, campus. I mean, that is her mentality, and they're paying the price. And now Slovis is down, which so is odd too, because losing everything. You're not losing anything to UCLA. Yeah. UCLA is not out recruiting Southern Cal. No. So, you know. But I, they are in transfers right now. Yeah. Yeah. I true. mean, that's how Chip Kelly's put this program back together. Um, are you guys uh, shocked at all with this Alabama game? 21-3 to so no. far at Florida? Not, no. not really. Not really. How much money did you put on it, Jeff? 
Um, I, I thought Florida would cover the first half. Oh. I thought Bryce Young. I thought Bryce Young would be a little bit rattled his first road game. Yeah, and um, obviously yeah. that has not happened. So um, it has yeah. not been a, not been a good three touchdown pass. Oh yeah, so yeah. far he's a twelve of sixteen for one thirty eight and three scores Oopsie. in his own. Uh, Iowa clinging to a two point lead over Kent State nine to seven. Clemson 7, Georgia Tech nothing, and uh, Tulsa is leading at Ohio State. It's on FS1, 6-3 is a score. Arkansas by 14 over Judge Southern. Judge Southern. Uh, Oklahoma 23-16 over Nebraska. Then Texas A&M shut out New Mexico today, 34 to nothing. Isaiah Spiller, 15 carries for 117 and a touchdown of his own. Uh, you guys care much about Major League Baseball anymore? I mean, I know Jeff's well, Giants first of all, Jeff is uh, the Giants <laughs> fan, so obviously yes. they had a dramatic comeback Unbelievable. last night. Unbelievable! I watched yes. that game. Down last to their night. final out, final strike. Yeah, they after giving up, with- up a three-run home run at the top of the ninth to put themselves in ah. a hole. Yeah. Well, Cleveland's leading at New York against the Yankees, 11-3. Dodgers 4-0 at Cincinnati. Uh, and, of course, you get the Giants tonight against Atlanta. San Diego's in St. Louis. So, oh, boy. Steve, you're, uh, you're Padres. I don't know if they're making the postseason. My Padres. Yeah, your Padres. You yeah, and, you they're and, not uh, making any postseason. You're rich. They're done. They're done. They're <laughs> finished. Put a fork in them. It is over. Oh, over. All right, Mr. Gascon, thank you very much. By the way, for endless hot water, choose Navium. Get all the hot water you need for as long as you need. Right now, save hundreds on your new Navian tankless water heater with local rebates. Visit tanklessmadesimple.com. Tanklessmadesimple.com. It's that time. It's the Heisman Update. 10-5, touchdown. Heisman Update. All right, so each week I like to update you on where I stand on my 1-2-3 in the Heisman race. I don't go beyond that because, well, that's my ballot. Uh, it says 1-2-3. Uh, and in the end, I will have that final ballot. But here we stand through last week's games. Does not include anything that's happened so far today through last week's game. So here is my current number three. And the handoff. Charbonnet finds the gears. 10-5. Touchdown, oh. UCLA. Charbonnet. All right. I'm homing hard for Zach Charbonnet, the running back at UCLA. He had a bye week, but I haven't forgotten that LSU game. Or his first two games, he has four touchdowns, and he's averaging 13.1 yards a carry. 13.1 yeah. yards a I, carry. How do you feel about the Bulldogs coming to the Rose Bowl tonight? That's not an easy game at all. Okay? We know that's going to be a tough battle. But if he has another big game, he might stay on this list. Here is my current number two. Brown wants the snap, has got it. Give it to Verdell. Busted up the middle. Here we go. Has he got the speed? 50, 40, 30, 20, 10. Touchdown, C.J. Verdell. All right, that was Josh Lewin from Learfield with a UCLA call. That was Jerry Allen there from Learfield there with a call. And C.J. Verdell, a couple of touchdowns, over 100 yards rushing. Big day, 161 yards, and Oregon's win against Ohio State. I always look at it this way, Jeff. What did you do in your biggest game? And so far, these guys that I've mentioned, Charbonnet and Verdell, two running backs that have performed their best on their biggest stage. But as great as they've been, here is my current number one. Bryce gets it, backpedals onto the end zone, loads up, looks long. He's got Williams behind the defense. Down the right sideline, 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Alabama! 94 yards! 
Eli Gold from Learfield. Yes, Bryce Young, Alabama quarterback number one. And I remember when I first voted in 2010, the first two years I voted, which were the years that Cam Newton, RG3, won the Heisman. Andrew Luck finished runner-up both those years. And in neither one of those years did he make my final three ballot. You're like, what? You didn't vote for Andrew Luck? And I said, what did he do in his biggest game each one of those years against Oregon? He lost. And, you know, I go back to Peyton Manning and his days at Tennessee, losing four straight years to Florida. When I look at a Heisman candidate, what did you do in your biggest game? And so far, whether it's Charbonnet against LSU or Verdell against Ohio State or Bryce in the Miami game, and, of course, he's already doing it again today against Florida, these guys have played their best against their best opposition. So that's my criteria when I break it down for Heisman candidates. I love it. I think it's very important to play big in your big games. And um, I love the Jerry Allen call uh, on C.J. Verdell. He, he asked a question at the beginning. He said, is he fast enough? And then answered at the end, mm-hmm. going back to the call. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you look. I, I like how you do this because you reward players for what they've done, not what they could be doing, right? Mm-hmm. We look at the, at the AP top 25. Right. And like Oklahoma's in the top four. For what purpose are they in the top four? Iowa and Oregon should be in the top four. Iowa, Iowa, Oregon's four, but Iowa should be up there. Iowa won two games against ranked opponents, including one on the road. Oklahoma has done nothing to deserve that ranking. And I like how you've done your Heisman ballot based off of what we've seen so far. Look, will, will CJ Verdell and, and, and Charbonnet end up in anyone's final? No. But that's not the point, right? The point is that they've earned the right to be mentioned by you so far this season. Well, I'll give you an example. Uh, and again, I'm watching everybody out there. We'll see how this all plays out. But uh, Matt Corral, the uh, quarterback of Ole Miss, and he's gotten a lot of hype early in the season, but they played Louisville, who's not exactly a defensive yeah. juggernaut, and then they played against uh, Austin Pay. And he's had six touchdowns and no interceptions, five of those against Austin Pay. Come on. I mean, numbers is not about it. Marquee name games. I'm looking for marquee games and what you did in those marquee games. Go back to Johnny Manziel. Why did he win the Heisman that year? He beat number one Alabama. That was the game that put him over the top. So that's what I'm looking at because I'm I'm always thinking this. The Heisman Trophy winner not just represents himself and his school. He really, to me, represents a season. Like he was, you you talk about a year, and that was his year, right? He was the guy for that year because of a great performance in this game or an overall performance for the season. And, and that's the way I take this seriously. I really do. I mean, it's it's not perfect. It's subjective. I get all that. You could say there's some West Coast bias with a couple of Pac-12 running backs that are on nobody's list out there right now. But all I know is what I saw from Charbonnet against LSU – UCLA was a dog in that game, and certainly what Verdell did against Ohio State when they were a dog in that game on the road. So that's why, at least for now, they're on this list. Again, I want to bring up the point. I think this is the right way to do it because you know by the end of the year this will even itself out. Yes. And But right now, what Charbonnet has done and what I think he'll do tonight, what C.J. Verdell did against Ohio State, uh, should be recognized because there's no other great options. Like You're not leaving someone else out right now. I think this kind of goes to our conversation about where college football is right now, where there really is not a yes. lot of, of performances where you're like, oh, my God. I mean, like, we just haven't had any of those. Uh, I mean, even, even you know, uh, JT Daniels missed, what, the, their last game against and Stenson Benson or whatever yeah. came in. And, Lit and, like, up. And, so, like, there hasn't even been 
any other performances where you're like, oh my God, I mean, that guy has done such a good job. We have to mention him in this in this spot. And so I like that you're putting some love to other players for now. And, and maybe after this weekend, I don't even know who would be, be in the top three. Hey, by right the way, now. back in 2012, I, I was doing this exact same thing. And I had one week out of nowhere, my number one guy for that week was. Johnny Manziel, and I had to actually check the pronunciation of his name because I thought, is this man Zeal? I wasn't sure, but it was early on in that freshman year, redshirt freshman year, and he put together several really unbelievable games. He had twice broken the SEC record for total offense in the first four or five weeks of the season. And when I put him at number one, this is like four weeks into the year, everyone's like, who? Johnny Manziel, wow, you, you've lost your gourd. And then the following week, he throws a couple of picks against LSU, and they got smoked. And I was like, all right, well, maybe that was a one-week deal. Well, obviously, by season's end, he's having, uh, been handed the hardware. So, you know, you throw some names out there. We'll see how this progresses. It's a lot of fun. Just part of the glory of college football. All right, on the other side, we're going to get right back to the games going on right now. What about Notre Dame? What about Notre Dame? Traditional rival against Purdue today. Where does the Irish fit in this season? We're going to tell you coming up next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Empty backfield of Jack Cohn, who's in the shotgun. 
He drops back. Here comes the blitz. Throws over the middle. Wide open. Kyra Williams. 25-20. Nobody near him. Easy touchdown, Notre Dame. That is the Notre Dame ISP Sports Network. And Notre Dame has now taken a 17-6 lead over Purdue. This is uh, a bizarre broadcast. NBC, obviously, the home of Notre Dame football. And they hired... Drew Brees to, of course, be part of the uh, Sunday night NFL coverage, but also to be the analyst for Notre Dame football. And does everyone remember where Drew Brees played his college ball? That Purdue. Would, that would be Purdue. And so here he is. It's only, I think, the second game he's done for this Notre Dame broadcast, and he's got to do the game being a Notre Dame announcer. But, you know, what you know is interesting about this for years, remember Pat Hayden did this? And, he, of course, it was a USC quarterback, and they had a USC quarterback doing the Notre Dame games. Now they have a Purdue quarterback doing the Notre Dame. I don't understand that. I mean, Herb Street calls Ohio State games all the time, right? I mean, it's like yeah. part, of, it's part of the business, and you have to be able to but be But why wouldn't you bring a Notre Dame guy in to do Notre Dame games? Well, because uh, NBC hired, you know, they, they, hired, uh, mm. they hired him. I mean, you, they have a short kind of uh, staff of, right. of guys who call football games. Um, but you know, it, it's pretty interesting, you know, the, the, obviously this, this Notre Dame, they're, they're pretty big today. Um, and you look at, at, at last week, you, you're going to have a clunker. All right. And USC's quarterback comes up limp. They have already one guy out. Um, you, you, you have, you have to win clunkers. Right. And I, to me, that, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're quote unquote bad, you have bad weeks. Now, you obviously want to have less bad weeks, but you have to win your clunkers. And for Notre Dame, they won their clunker, right? They beat Florida State week one, who looks not very good, obviously. Um, but they beat Florida State. They won their clunker last week, and now they're giving it to Purdue. So I'm not sure how much we can we can really say off the three games other than it's okay if you win a clunker every now and then. Like, I think we look at it as a bad thing. You just can't make it two weeks in a row, right? So if Notre Dame were 17-6 right now, if they were to win this game close, then, you, then it becomes a trend and you might downgrade them. But if they come out and end up blowing out Purdue, then I think you look at this maybe a little differently. Let me ask you this. Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly has been the Notre Dame coach longer than any coach in Notre Dame history. Do you know that? This is his 12th season at Notre Dame. Uh, Rock, Newt Rockney obviously killed in a plane crash. He was there, I believe, 11 years. Leahy, Parsegian, and Holtz. All of them were there 11 years. Brian Kelly, this is year 12, and I don't see him ever leaving Notre Dame. He's had double-digit wins the last four years in a row. What what do you put him in the current lexicon of college football coaches? How do you rate out Brian Kelly? I think he does a really good job at a, at a place that's very tough to win. Um, it's a place that's hard, hard to recruit. They have high academic standards. It's hard to recruit. The weather's not great in Notre Dame. Um, you're not in a place that has a fertile recruiting grounds around you. Um, and you're not in a conference. And those are all things that make it tougher to recruit. And I think he's a heck of a coach. I really do. Um, he's done a good job there. And like, if USC were to hire him, they'd be, they'd be, it'd be fantastic. Well, that was where I was going with this whole thing. Uh, by the way, USC is getting smoked today in Pullman. Did you see what happened to their plane on the tarmac? Yes. They didn't secure the front end of the plane and it tipped backwards. And there were still people on the plane. Can you imagine you're sitting there and all of a sudden the back end of the plane dips backwards? 
Uh, so, wow, they got some uh, seriously bad karma going on right now. By the way, with a win today, Brian Kelly will become the winniest coach in Notre Dame history. Just like that. Yeah, he's good, man. I mean, not percentage-wise, obviously, because Rockney and Leahy are still one-two on the all-time college football list. Part of it is is that he plays in a, he's coaching an era where we only think championships are the only sign of success, right? And he's never beating Alabama. He's not good enough to do that. And so that's the only way we 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 view success. Either you beat Alabama or you don't. Like you can't have a good year if you win ten or eleven games and make a playoff. And he's done a great job there and but but because he can't beat Alabama and get some no one was beating Alabama last season like it's ridiculous so I think he's done a really good job I think he's a really good coach all right so uh, Notre Dame leading that game against Purdue by a score of 17 to 6 we got some interesting games going on right now some of the teams that are still very highly ranked how good is Ohio State how good is Clemson how good is Oklahoma are these really elite programs anymore we're going to get to all that plus a sneak peek of a big Big NFL Sunday. All of that coming up as Fox Football Saturday rolls on. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byard. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sit, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts all right rolling along here on this college football saturday and the one thing we would say right now as we sit here there's alabama and there's everybody else alabama and everybody else i'm looking at some of the scores by the way jenny taft is going to be joining us shortly here she was on the sidelines for that oklahoma victory over nebraska earlier today but here we are Four minutes to go in the first half. Ohio State home against Tulsa. 10-6 to six Buckeyes. C.J. Stroud, 6 of 12, 79 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. Clemson, one minute to go in the first half. They are leading Georgia Tech 7 to nothing. D.J. Uwe Ungalale in this game, 11-15 for 63 yards, no touchdowns. Oh, boy. So... You know, we were talking about all these high-ranked schools that were going to have new quarterbacks. Yeah. And you're always like, ah, you know, what what difference does it make? Every guy they throw in there is going to be another Heisman candidate. Certainly, Uyunga Lale was on a lot of the preseason lists as a potential Heisman candidate. Stroud, you know, he's had a couple of big games throwing the ball. Huge game against Oregon. Today, he's done absolutely nothing. The only team that seemingly can put a new quarterback in without a blip, and by the way, Florida just scored six and a half minutes to go in the first half there, so now 21-9, Alabama against Florida. So the assumption that these teams can just reload, they get all these superstars, it doesn't matter who they are, you lose sight of the fact that, yes, we do have a lot of one-year wonders in college football at the quarterback position, but 
by and large, it's still a position yeah. where you got to sort of learn to what you're doing, especially playing at a high level on the collegiate level. And I think that's what we're seeing right now with yeah. some of these young quarterbacks at these top schools. Yeah, I think what happens at Alabama skews everything, where guys play one year and go to the NFL, right? And yeah. and maybe you know maybe places like like Oklahoma, where we've seen them just rolling quarterbacks. But those and, guys were transfer quarterbacks. Correct. They have of been elsewhere. Yeah, yeah they, Baker and and, and Jalen. Um, and so we're seeing this year though a lot of a lot of young guys are to your point, right? Young guys getting a chance to play, and it does make me feel like more normal that they're having problems because again like this is that's what happens you, you, when you're young you don't play as good and, right. and you the more reps you get the better you play and it makes me feel a, a little bit better that it's returning to some normalcy. Get Alabama is just the outlier for everything. Just like every every quarterback conversation in the NFL, everyone's like, oh, Tom, Tom Brady's the outlier. We don't talk about Tom in these conversations. Just like Alabama, right? They're the outlier. But we see young quarterbacks struggle. They're supposed to struggle. And then we got spoiled with a couple instances where they did not. Um, and we're seeing those struggles happen now. And also, too, look, we get more film now. We get more games on TV. We get to see this kind of up close and personal. Where in the past, maybe these games weren't on TV as much and they weren't on as much coverage. So um, it is uh, – it's it's – not good to see, but it feels no- actually normal that they are struggling. Yeah, it does. And so when we talk about these current rankings that we're seeing in college football, and again, Uyunga Lele, some of these guys can suddenly get hot, you know, and sort of find their way over the course of a season. But right now, he's struggling. Stroud's had an off day. He looked great against Oregon, but not so much today uh, in this uh, game again. Ohio State up 10 to 6. And Tulsa has the ball right now. Actually, Ohio State just got the ball back on a punt, but 10 6 Ohio State at home. What was the line on this game? A lot. 24th, maybe. Wow. Um, Notre Dame, by the way, Purdue has scored to get right back in that game. So 17-13, Notre Dame leading Purdue. It just, it really does seem like there's Alabama and everyone else. That being said, uh, what is it about Nick Saban? I mentioned the fact that there's uh, airing now in the NFL Network football life, uh, which is interesting because, again, his football life in the NFL was very few years as a defensive coordinator and then a couple years with the Miami Dolphins. But it just talks about his philosophy of coaching, which, by the way, is very similar to what John Wooden used to do with UCLA basketball. His philosophy, he really never prepared for his opponent, ever. He never did that. All he did was prepare his team. His attitude was, it really doesn't matter who we play. If we play at our most efficient level, it doesn't matter who we're playing. He didn't really prepare for opponents. And you feel like Nick Saban's the other way. He talked about, it's not so much about the outcome of the game that matters to him. It's the preparation and the execution of what they prepared for that week that ultimately he would judge his team on. This is what we prepared. This was our game plan. How do we execute that game plan regardless of the result, which obviously more often than not would result in a, a victory, but that that's how he judges it all. But when you watch a Nick Saban coach team, and he's had plenty of assistants come in and out of that system, what is it that you see that he does differently than maybe any other college coach out there? Well, I mean, the, the schemes he runs are very advanced, right? And he finds players that know how to run them, especially on defense. But I think what's made him unique is the same thing that makes Belichick unique is the, is the willingness to adapt to new things, right? The willingness to decide, hey, we're going to 
do things differently in offense now that we have either different players, different coaches, or the game is changing, right? You know, for a while he was anti-spread offense, and now he is obviously in the shotgun a lot of the time. And his ability to adapt and to and to change and to be different is what's made him and Bill Belichick, in my opinion, so successful as coaches. And obviously they're, you know, they're friends and, and they you have a you know, get there every year or however you want to say it. Um, and they talk over new schemes and stuff. That that's what I think the, the adaptability, right? The 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 uh, the ability to just be multiple is so important for them. And of course, you know, he's good at recruiting, which you know sells itself going to Alabama. So all those things I think are the reason why. He's been so successful at Bama, and um, he continues to he identifies players, but also again to bring in a new OC like every year, right? Like he's got Bill O'Brien this year. He just he hires really good coaches as well. Like he hires guys that are former head coaches elsewhere, and that that you bring a lot of of, of wealth of knowledge when you hire guys like that. All right, I want to ask you. So Spencer Rattler today looked pedestrian at best. Uh, against Nebraska. All right, we're going to get to that right now, as a matter of fact, because joining us, she's on the sidelines for that Oklahoma-Nebraska game, of course, host of Us Undisputed, Jenny Taft, always finding her way to join us here on Fox Sports Radio on a Saturday, somewhere in an airport uh, usually. So, Jenny, as always, we really appreciate you taking time out to join us. My first question, because I know Jeff's got plenty of questions about the game itself, but I just want to know, what was the atmosphere like to get Oklahoma and Nebraska back on the field together, these great rivals of the past. What was the whole atmosphere like down there in Norman? Oh, thanks, first of all, for having me. And, uh, yes, I am in the airport, so if I if, if you start to hear weird noises, I apologize. <laughs> There's one right there. Uh, hopefully you can hear me fine. But here's the thing. There really was so much history that went into this one, and it was exciting because, for me, like I had a chance to talk with Jerry Swisher, Swisher last night and just kind of hearing stories from, from him and this rivalry and having all of these players back just to be honored. And 50 years, I mean – in talking to the players, they were like, look, we weren't around for this, but we understand the history. We understand the importance. And especially a guy like Scott Frost, who grew up going to these rivalries, he played in this game. I mean, Nebraska came in really with so much to prove. They did not give up a fight easily. And there was a lot of it, just good excitement. And then did you guys even see it midfield and warm-ups? I mean, the two teams met. Like, the hype was real between these two teams. I know they hadn't played since 2010, but – there was history. It ran deep, and uh, what a cool way that it actually ended up to be a great game. I'm not sure there's such thing as moral victories, especially when you have not played well against ranked opponents, but Nebraska obviously kept this game close. Their defense played fabulous. Um, mm-hmm. Is this considered a moral victory if you're a Nebraska fan or if you're a Scott Frost? I think that's a great way to put it, and I even was talking, I was thinking that out loud when the game was going on. I mean, is this good enough? I said something to Frost at the break. I said it, 7-3 at halftime. Is this a positive? What was the atmosphere like in the locker room? And he was like, no, we we believe we can fight. We believe we can play. We're going to go toe-to-toe with them. And he said they scored on their first drive. We should have scored on our first drive. There were so many penalties, and that's, Nebraska, it's this story that never ends right now for this program where they have these mistakes and they're unable to kind of turn the corner, the two missed field goals, the blocked punt. I mean, there was a lot there that they didn't do well, but I think you have to look at it as a step in the right direction, especially given the fact that Oklahoma right now is the number three ranked team in the country. And I think what's so telling about Nebraska, and I've been a fan of Scott Frost 
from the beginning, from his time at Oregon. I always enjoyed getting to know him then. And, you know, he hasn't shied away from saying it's been hard with Nebraska, and it's been a build. It's been about a culture. And he said the way that his team responded after their loss to Illinois was extremely telling about the kind of guys he has. They were frustrated. They were disappointed. They took ownership of their mistakes. And you could sense that that team, that that carried over to today and the way they fought. And they didn't, they did not stop fighting until the very end. And I thought Adrian Martinez had a good game. I mean, he's even had his ups and downs. He was benched last year. So I'd like to view it as a step in the right direction. The problem for Nebraska, their schedule is not easy, guys. Next up, Michigan State. That looks like a team that's going to be challenging. And just the Big Ten in general, there's a lot. They're going to be playing Ohio State at one point, Minnesota, Wisconsin. They've got some tough matchups coming their way. They need a statement win of some kind really in a lot of ways, just to feel like they are going in the right direction. It felt like they came close today, but obviously not close enough. Well, speaking of quarterbacks on the other side, Jenny, look, I have a Heisman vote, and you always listen to the preseason hype, uh, and there certainly was a lot of that for uh, Mr. Rattler going into the season, no question about that, but today he looked ordinary at best Spencer Rattler I mean there was nothing special about him some people are projecting him to be the number one overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft this was the lowest scoring game of Lincoln Riley's run at Oklahoma what's missing right now what why is this Oklahoma offense that's been so proficient under Lincoln Riley suddenly look very ordinary yeah, you know, I I think you could see it in Spencer Rattler's face a bit when I spoke with him post game, and you know, I acknowledge what is the first thing you want to do when you get back with your offense that was low scoring for the Sooners. We've come to expect this high powered offense, and and you know, they they put up crazy numbers. That's what we're we're used to seeing from him. And he said, we got to get back to practice. We got to get back to trusting one another. We're still not there yet. There were some mistakes, and there were moments where Spencer didn't have have it exactly and you could I could sense that when I was talking to him that there were still a lot of areas that he wants to work on and and even Lincoln he they have been preaching I mean this Sooners team for the last four years it's about finishing games every single quarter they struggled against Tulane in their opener obviously they they had a blowout last week but you know that's a different kind of caliber team you're playing against and they still have some question marks that they need to figure out you know I think in terms of their their run game, Eric Gray, Kennedy Brooks, kind of the one-two punch right now. They had 159 yards, 29 rush attempts. Brooks is a player that opted out last year. Is he still kind of trying to get back to, to rhythm, to form? I mean, they need to figure out the run game and how that can kind of impact this offense in a positive way. But I don't doubt Spencer Rattler and the potential he has, the raw talent he has. And he's a confident kid that's I mean, I'll say that Spencer Rattler, he doesn't lack confidence, but he also was very aware that there's still clearly improvements to be made offensively. And, you know, they they have high hopes, and that's to get to a national championship game. I mean, they want to go to the playoffs. There are high hopes for the Sooners. Spencer knows much of that will, because, will be due to his success and how he leads this team. And I'm curious how they respond now after this one. 
Last question from me. I know you follow all of all college football, and a topic we've talked uh, today is kind of just about outside of Alabama. There really is not a great team this year, right? Ohio State doesn't look that good again. Even today, Oklahoma, you had that game today. You know, there's you know obviously some powers. USC, Texas, Miami just haven't been quite the same in in, in, in a few years now. Georgia struggled at times last yeah. week. Like, what do you make of college football this year outside of Alabama, who who obviously is is the cream of the crop? Yeah, should we move on Alabama to the NFL at this point? I mean, it's kind of like an outlier. I, I, like, I as much as I love their success in the powerhouse, I don't want to see it where they have such, just such a clear advantage in a lot of ways. That's not fun for any of us. And as you guys know, like, you know I'm around the Buckeyes a lot. I'm around Ohio State. You know, their biggest question right now is figuring out their defense. And, and that remains the question, you know, it's all these teams that are just have these moments and then, Bama is in a league of their own. I'm intrigued by it. I also want to remember that we are still early, right? I mean, Oklahoma today, while it wasn't perfect, they are still 3-0. And they made a point to acknowledge that they had a couple bad losses their last couple years where they just, they don't, they want to avoid those losses, those moments. And um, Bama, gosh, I don't know, guys. You tell me. They're doing something right over there. Saban knows what he's up to. But I, I like to – it's odd, too, because I don't cover the SEC. Like, I would love to get in there and really feel that place out because I want to know what's going in. Like, what's the recipe entail? Because they obviously – they know what they're doing. And I think there's a lot of Big Ten teams that I'm still really intrigued about. I cannot wait to have Notre Dame, Wisconsin next week at Soldier Field. That one has been circled on my calendar you know, months ago, way before we even knew we had the game. So I still think I have questions surrounding the Big Ten, and that's what makes this thing so interesting. We're, we're only a couple weeks in. Yeah, I, we talk about Ohio State and their defense. How about their offense? Strat only has 99 yards passing at halftime, and the Tulsa Uh-oh. quarterback has 204 yards passing. So uh, Ohio oh, State uh, hanging on at half, 13 I to even six. That one. <laughs> yeah, it's boy, been unbelievable. Oh. All right, well, next week, as you said, you'll be Soldier Field. Uh, that's going to be exciting for that Notre Dame Wisconsin matchup, Jenny. We always appreciate the time you fight your way to find a little empty space to join us here in Fox Sports Radio. It is much appreciated. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. I cannot. I thank you guys, and thanks for putting up with all the crazy noises around me. Uh, yes, I will be checking in from Chicago. That should be a fun one. Have a great rest of your football Saturday. Thank you very much, Jenny. Jenny Taft, there, host of Undisputed, and of course, Fox Sports Radio's or Fox Sports uh, College Football sideline reporter. All right, much more on some of the possible upsets that we got brewing right now. We also have plenty of NFL news coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. C.J. Stroud under center. The Ohio State quarterback gets the snap. Hands Travion Henderson. He'll stick it straight into the end zone for an Ohio State touchdown. Travion Henderson on a five-yard scoot to the house. Paul Keels from Learfield. I figured, okay, there'll be plenty of those touchdowns for Ohio State against Tulsa, who came into this game 0-2 on the season. Ohio State trying to rebound from their first home loss on a Ryan Day and it's 13-6 of the halftime Buckeyes. It has been less than impressive, to say the least, for Ohio State. I think your Oregon Ducks sent them spinning right now. I don't think they're fully recovered from what happened against the Ducks last week. It, it seems so, right? And uh, maybe Tulsa was able to use some of the game plan that Oregon uh, put in Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State's pretty predictable in what they're doing, and it feels like maybe you know, there's some some issues there. And um, so I'm, you know, I'm curious, obviously, to see the rest of this game. And look, there is some probably hangover to that Oregon loss. Um, you know, they got they got beaten ways they typically don't get beat, which is physically, right? They don't get physically beaten very often at home as well. So um, you know, just start a little slow today. It yeah, happens. I mean, I'm looking at these numbers right now. First downs, Ohio State 12, Tulsa 11. Total yards, Tulsa 217, Ohio State 201. Both teams have a turnover. Time of possession is even. In other words, Ohio State's playing even football at home against Tulsa, which was at least a four-touchdown underdog in this game. So, again, we've been talking about the Oklahomas. They didn't look like any juggernaut today against Nebraska. Clemson struggling right now against Georgia Tech. Ohio State, we saw what happened last week. Their problem was their defense the first two weeks. Now, all of a sudden, they can't uh, move the ball on Tulsa uh, the way we normally see Ohio State. So, yeah, I mean, that means at some point here, Jeff, somebody is going to emerge. If these teams don't straighten things, things out and they sort of fall back who's going to step up and fill that void who's going to be the team that will be we know Alabama is going to be there but you know are there schools out there that are maybe off the radar that we should be paying attention to instead of the usual suspects well look as of right now Oregon has the inside track Mm. to end up with a playoff spot right they have the tiebreaker over Ohio State 
um, and they they afford themselves an opportunity to um, you know to lose one Pac-12 game, and so they look they the twelve and one they're in. Right, right. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. That's one. The way That's I'm one. looking I, at things Oklahoma, right now, Oklahoma still wins the Big Twelve. They're in. I, I, I don't think there's any question if if Oregon has a loss. I mean, look at the current rankings right now. Alabama won, Georgia two. You've seen Georgia play this year. Uh, JT Daniels went down with an injury. They bring the sub in. He played well, but um, they don't look like a juggernaut. Oklahoma. Iowa, we're watching Iowa right now. Iowa, Sam, you guys are up 16-7 Struggling. at home uh, against Kent State. Uh, they don't look like uh, any top five team to Struggling. me. Clemson, A&M, Cincinnati look good today on the road against Indiana. But again, they're a you know group of five conference school. I don't know. Yeah. It might be one of those years where... There's a shocker. Like, there's a team, because every year we talk about Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State and Oklahoma, same teams always seemingly in this playoff. Yeah. It, you know, wouldn't it be bad for one year to see a couple of schools that have never been to the playoff before? Uh, no, it would be great. The pro- Okay, so I'm an Oregon fan, obviously. Oregon has a chance to be the four seed. And if they end up playing Alabama – we will not win that game. I'll be quite honest with you on that one. <laughs> like, I did, like, felt like you were going like, to try to make a case for them, at like, least. It, like, is it better? And I argued this a couple of years ago when LSU was really good. Oregon, you know, may or may not was making, you know, he, if they had lost, if they had been Arizona State, maybe they're in the playoff. Is it better at that point against LSU team? I argued that it's better for Oregon, who was building up their program under Mario, to win a Rose Bowl than get smashed by LSU. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think I was right in that. This year, however, I want to make a playoff and play Alabama. Not, I don't think we're going to win that game, but we owe it to ourselves now to have that challenge. All right, right but what if you pull a Notre Dame in the playoff and just get embarrassed? Is that a pro- Is a, that a, we'll, is that we'll a be, benefit we'll to be, the program? We'll be three touchdown underdogs. I mean, like, right. yes, I think it is because because for for Mario Cristobal, what he's trying to build physically in the trenches, we need to have that contest with Alabama to see. If we're close, or if we're not quarterback-wise, the, the 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 gap is so massive. But we have a five-star that's ready to to play like next year. So I'm not worried about quarterback right now. But I want to see in the trenches at, on defense our speed and physicality. Is it close to Alabama? That's it. We don't have the same five stars. We don't have the same players. I get all that. But my thing is like phys- physically. Can we compete? We can build up our roster, but I think that that challenge I would accept as a fan. Again, we're not winning that game. I, I get that, but the challenge of physically playing Alabama and how do we stack up um, is is very important. Upgrade to a Dollar Shave Club six blade razor for a noticeably smooth shave thanks to their six precision cut stainless steel blades. Find your perfect shave with Dollar Shave Club in stores. Yeah, that's Dollar Shave Club in stores. So go to the store, find them. Welcome to the club. All right, let's find out what's trending right now. Now that I've seen this guy's television appearance. I had no idea. Oh, well, where where do you get the acting chops? Where where exactly does that come from in your family? Uh, well, I think you guys would both agree. There's no replacement for live TV. Yes. So yes. if you could if you could do live TV or live radio, mm-hmm. you're good with everything else. 
Yeah, I, I again when we I'm always I, I think right. actors are very underrated, good actors because yeah. they're so seamless and they just are so natural at it. And yeah, I, I've never downplayed a great actor that right. like somehow what they're doing is less than you know unbelievable. Yeah. To be honest with you, and and I see that you and Gaska, and I can oh, see geez. I can see there's a certain natural ease. I understand you ad lib some of that scene. I did not. Well, I ad-libbed the, the standing portion of it. Whoa, 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 whoa. So I don't know if you saw this, Jeff. So he's a reporter, yeah. but he's amongst other reporters, and he stands up, Yeah. which was not in the script. No. You defied the director. I did. <laughs> Going live! And, and they kept it. So that must that bodes well for you. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I've, I had a few friends that said, are you wearing a wig? <laughs> well, you you have the beard. You have the whole. Now, have goatee, yeah. have, uh, Sam, would you like to tell everyone your dear friend, David Gascon, what he appeared in? Well, I think, yeah, we haven't even said that he was Dave. Dave was in an FX series, uh, American Crime Story Impeachment. Is that right, Dave? That's right. Yeah. And you're asking Paula Jones, the yeah. infamous Paula Jones, a question. I like that. Taking shots at uh, during the CPAC. Mm-hmm. So, guy, guys, I was watching. I was just having to watching this uh, episode with my girlfriend, and then I hear Dave's, you know, unmistakable voice. Right. Like, oh my goodness, that's mm-hmm. crazy. So I put it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Very good. It's a little random. Mm-hmm. I, I told Lee I felt disheveled. I looked disheveled. <laughs> I mean, you know that '90s look of a reporter, so like baggy slacks, baggy dress shirt. Right. Kind of I odd. still dress like that. No, no, you don't dress like that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was big in the 90s. It was. Why did you ask if I wore a lot of makeup? Well, no, it doesn't exactly look like you. I it mean, doesn't? You know, no, no. I mean, it's but that's hair, great. Though. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's part of acting. Oh. That's the whole idea. Well, you and you and Lee are the kind of like the, the gold standard here at Fox Sports Radio, so I had to go through you guys first to get a thumbs up or thumbs down. Mm. So, but we are the big movie guys. You are. I mean, your family has been in it for, for generations. Well, I've been talking a good well. game. Lee is silent, so maybe that tells you everything you need yeah, to know about Lee, Lee's opinion. Lee befriended me on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> tells me enough there, so uh, yes. you know, proof is in the pudding. Uh, guys, away from all that, of course, college football. Alabama right now up uh, by 12 over Florida on the road, 21-9. to Bryce Young, 145 yards passing in the first half, three touchdowns also in that Affair Iowa over Kent State 16 to 7. Uh, Tyler Goodson 13 carries for 94 yards and a score of his own. Clemson doing nothing against Georgia Tech at 7 to nothing. Ohio State 13 6 over Tulsa and Arkansas over Georgia Southern, leading by 17 points. Washington State 14 7 over USC. Earlier today, Michigan won by 53 points over Northern Illinois 63 to 10. Notre Dame up by 7 over Purdue 20 to 13 in that affair. Uh, and of of course, the head scratcher, Oklahoma, only beat Nebraska by seven points. 23 to 16 was the score in that one. Eric Gray, 15 carries for 84 yards and a score of his own. Spencer Rattler didn't do a whole lot. 24 of 34 for 214 and a touchdown. He also had one run in as well. He had 35 yards on the ground. Um, did you guys watch that Central Florida Louisville game last night, at least the closing minutes of that affair. So I turned it off <laughs> after I turned it off when after Louisville turned it over. Yeah. And then I woke up this morning and I was like, oh my God, I missed it. Two plays later, one play later, they scored a game winning touchdown. Yeah. So <laughs> Dylan Gabriel threw pretty much a walk off pick six. Uh, they scored with, I think, under 10 seconds to play in regulation. But the worst part was Central Florida got the ball back on the kickoff. 
they ran one play. They decided to start laddering the football. It went back to Gabriel. Gabriel got rid of it, and as, as soon as he did, he broke his clavicle. So he could be done for the season for mm. Central Florida. So a bunch of outlets reporting that earlier today. So, yeah, wild turn of events in that affair. All right. Well, uh, David, thank you very much uh, for, you know, slumming with us today. And we appreciate that. We always appreciate that. Um, I, you know, we were talking about the uh, USC firing of Clay Helton earlier this week. How's Mike Norville doing right now at Florida State? I Ooh, mean, yikes. I, you know, you, you look Correctly. heroic in that game against Notre Dame. But then you lose to Jacksonville State, which was absolutely inexcusable. I'm still trying to figure out that uh, last play and, like, why did nobody touch him when he was on the ground? How does he get in the end zone? And right now they're down big to Wake Forest. Now, Wake Forest is a good team. They're undefeated. But still, I mean, how many, how many losses from a once proud program can this guy endure and hang on to his job at Florida State? Well, he hasn't had a lot of time yet, right? I mean, you have to hope that – and this is something that – you know, we see often in college football is you know, you're going to be given time to build a team right now. Of course that different varies for different teams. Um, but you, you got to get time, right? How much time should you have to build a program? Well, right now in uh, two seasons, he's three and eight. Well, last, see, I got last year to me is a throwaway season. It just, it, it just is a, it, it's a throwaway for most, but so, but he's got to show this year, obviously, that there's a, a, a big improvement. Um, but he, he's got to get a little bit of time. Now, the Jacksonville State ending was obviously atrocious. And, I mean, the defense they were in, whatever. I mean, there's two guys there got to make the tackle. I mean, you're playing Jacksonville State. Um, you know, they fought hard, obviously, against, against, against um, uh, uh, Notre Dame in week one. Um, but you, the results have to start coming, especially during conference play. You have to see, we have to see a little bit of improvement here soon. All right. So, uh, by the way, they thought it couldn't get any worse than it was under Willie Taggart at Florida State. Uh, it's gotten worse. Uh, but uh, I like Norville. I think he's a quality coach. But it, it might show you as as well how much of a mess that Taggart left behind. I mean, this is very similar to the UCLA situation when Jim Mora left and left a mess for Chip Chip Kelly. Uh, and he's been trying to put the pieces back together. I mean, it was an absolute mess at UCLA. So, you know, sometimes it, it takes a while to undo the damage from the previous regime before you can then start building on that. By the way, speaking of Chip Kelly with your roots of him, your senior year there, Chip was the offensive coordinator and brought a whole new era to Oregon football, no question about that. Uh, what are your thoughts against this Fresno State team for UCLA? They had a bye week, uh, obviously a huge win against LSU. Uh, do you worry coming off a of bye week that maybe, I don't know, you, you, you see Fresno State on the schedule, and like, yeah, Fresno State. Fresno State's a pretty good football team this year. And you saw that with that Oregon game. What did they do in that game that gave Oregon such problems, uh, that Fresno State team? Well, Oregon offensively just didn't really show anything, um, which is part of it. And, you know, they, Jake Hayner can play, right? I mean, he's he's a former Pac-12 quarterback for Washington. I'm sure Washington would take him now. Um, so I would um, – I'm not uh, – I'm not surprised that he's playing well. And they've been uh, – UCLA the last three times they've played. Tonight's going to be a lot of points. It's Pac-12 after dark. 
Um, and it's going to be wild of the Rose Bowl. I mean, there might be 5,000 fans of the Rose Bowl tonight. Um, <laughs> Wait a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, I understand that first game that there were so few fans because it was in the middle of the day. It was 108 degrees in Pasadena, uh, and they're playing a nobody, okay? And then they had a great crowd out there for the LSU game. Granted, there were a lot of LSU fans there, but you don't think they're going to show up at the Rose Bowl tonight? No. Wow. Do you? I don't know. You would hope they built some momentum off that win. They are ranked 13th in the country right now. I don't know. I'm going to text my dad. I don't think my dad's going to the game. Not that he's a, 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 the great representation of what of, of fans well, Why is he not, not going to the game? I'm going to find out. I don't, know if, I don't know if he's going. I haven't even asked him. By the way, he, USC has tied up their game against Washington have. State. Yeah, so they they're, have, they're back yeah. in there. How about, how about next weekend, by the way? Mm-hmm. 3-0 Rutgers. Against three and Michigan. Ooh, now what do you? I mean, Michigan obviously a blowout win against a nobody today. Are you seeing anything early on in Harbaugh's team to say? Eh. Especially with Ohio State, just seems a little indifferent right now. Buckeyes are not um, showing much of they're, anything. They're, Could they're this be the, the breakthrough they're, year? They're 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 running the football very well. Passing the ball, uh, a little suspect, but they're running the ball very well. Like they're getting back to the physicality. But again, you know, quarterback play is something that's kind of plagued Harbaugh, right? And you have to, you have to be good at that position to win a lot of football games. Michigan today defeating Northern to Illinois, big games. sixty-three to, big to ten, yeah. and uh, Michigan this game ran for three hundred and seventy-three yards and eight touchdowns on the ground. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't care who you're playing. Those are pretty impressive numbers. But Kate McNamara only threw 11 passes in this game. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're sort of what we're finding out here early on in this college football season is what we have just come to expect over the last few years may not be the case in 2021. It just might be one of those years where what is isn't all of a sudden in college football. And I, I'm, I'm, I've always been a big believer in dynasties because that really has dictated the history of college football, great dynasties in college football. But every once in a while, a little bit of an aberration, you know, team coming out of nowhere, players seemingly coming out of nowhere. It's not the worst thing for college football. Uh, it could Christ, uh, cause some problems, though, as far as the NFL draft's concerned, because I'll tell you right now, I mentioned earlier that Spencer Rattler, I just saw a couple of NFL mock drafts where we got him out for 2022. I see Rattler number one. I Does mean, he strike they, you as they, a they, franchise they had, quarterback? They had Keaton Slovis, like, number one or two. They had, they had, yes. They had, they had, they had Sam Howell up there. Right. Yeah. I mean, they forget, like, Sam Howell last year had two running backs that were in the – either second or third team All-American. He had a third team All-American receiver, all gone to the NFL. And all of a sudden, Sam Howell doesn't look as good. It's like, wow, what a shocker. Were you paying attention? Yeah. I mean, look, obviously, um, you know, we're, we're, you know, the preseason stuff doesn't always matter, right? We always have someone, it seems, the last couple of years come out of nowhere, right, and become a first-round draft pick. And, you know, we're seeing guys, um, who's the, what, there's a quarterback, uh, oh, the, the Kentucky guy, Will yes. Levins, is coming out of nowhere as a guy who's like, oh, okay, all right. So there's always someone coming out of nowhere. Um, and uh, and we'll see, obviously, if that becomes the case now. But Sam Howell lost a bunch of his weapons. Like, no surprise, right? Rattler just hasn't been as good. And that's okay. It happens. Some guys are, are just not as good as, as they're hyped. And other guys, obviously, are able to, to boom, pick it up, and, and be great in a moment. So we'll see as we go on. Again, it's, this is week I mean, it's really week three. I mean, even though it's you know, we had a week right. zero, right? I mean, it's so it's still 
so early in the season. Like we're we're not even at a week. We've had one game of week two of the NFL season. Like we we have so much football left that I know we want to be reactionary, of course. But that's like we still have a lot of football. There's a lot left. There's a lot more action left. It's 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 what we love about this, right? It's months and months and months of action. By the way, Florida is coming back in this game against Alabama. And they're facing a fourth down situation, and the ball is at, wow, what, the one-yard line of Alabama right now? And Alabama leading this game by a score of 21-9. Actually, went out near about the four-yard yeah, line. The four-yard line, yeah. All right, um, so it's a fourth and one call. So they can get a first down, and they're going uh, for it. Let's keep it here for a second here. Florida is going for it on fourth and one instead of going for the field goal, which is a smart play. And it looks like they are. Got, got it. In the end zone? Oh. Close to the end. That is a touchdown Gators. So suddenly Florida is right back in there and a disgusted Nick Saban. What the hell is going on around here? I took I took Florida um, I took uh, Florida first uh, first half plus seven and a half I thought that's a good wager because of uh, of you know of, of Bryce Young maybe starting off slow and Alabama had a holding call that brought back they were driving in the, the first half but mm. you know now and Dan Mullins covered five of eight against Nick Saban yeah he's done a good job in in that and offensively that's very creative so um, you know maybe there's a possibility here that we get a, a much closer game again this this feels normal right. Alabama on the road, two touchdown favorites against a top a team, you know, a top ten S team. Like it's okay if they struggle. This makes it feel like football's normal, right, Steve? Like this is what's supposed to happen. You struggle on the road against a, a quality opponent. That's it's what happens. All right, Florida missed an extra point earlier. This one is good. So Alabama leading Florida 21-17. Ten minutes to go in the third quarter. We got ourselves a game. All right, on the other side, the NFL season is entering week two. Could it already spell doom for certain teams? We're going to tell you coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The snap to Jones. Handing it off to Pierce, running off the left and slanting in toward the goal line. He's in! Touchdown, Gators! How much? Pierce pounds it in! And the Gators trail 21-15! to Yeah, McHubert there from Learfield. And the Gators right back in this one. 21-17, Alabama. Number one team against the number 11 team. Inside eight minutes to go in the third. And Alabama's got the ball right now. But, yeah, Florida is hanging in there. So, Alabama has driven down to the 30-yard line of the Gators, trying to answer back. Bryce Young, by the way, looking pretty good right now. He is currently number one on my Heisman list. Uh, we got a lot of NFL we're going to get to in the next hour uh, as we get ready for the big games on Sunday. But I want to ask you a question right out of the box here, Jeff, about week two. Because, traditionally, you go down 0-2, in a 16-game season, the percentages of you making the playoffs are pretty limited, to say the least. Does that change now that we have a 17-game season? Will that make a difference for those 0-2 teams? And there could be some pretty big-name teams starting the season 0-2. It certainly will. Uh, you know, I looked it up. Since 2007, uh, teams start 0-2 and made the playoffs only 10% of the time. It's really hard to do. But now with the extra week, the extra game, mm-hmm. it's going to be tough to, to decide, obviously, whether or not this is going to be the same idea. But let's look at which teams this weekend could go 0-2. I, I feel very strongly the Chiefs are going to win, and they're going to put the Ravens at 0-2. I think, this, the, I think the Seahawks handle business against the Titans. I feel like the Rams will beat the Colts. Not very obviously, not, not out of the, you know, these aren't out-of-the-box picks. Those teams are all going to be 0-2. Colts, Titans, Ravens. You look at a team, you know, like Minnesota, who who is a wild card S team. They're going to Arizona. They lose. They're zero and two. Right? Cowboys on the Cowboys. road against the Chargers. They're they're three point dogs. They go down. They're zero and two. And so a bunch of teams that we thought are playoff teams, and zero and two used to be a write off. Right? One of those five teams, yeah. might have made it in the past. Now we might have. Four of them, five, not five probably, but three. Let's say three of them. Right? I mean, the look, the NFC East is is not very good right now, um, and so I could definitely see the Cowboys going zero and two in that division. The AFC South, Houston's not winning that division. Jacksonville's not either. So someone's winning that division, and, and maybe that someone is one of the teams that are zero and two. Right? The Colts or the, or the Titans, and so um, I think that that we can't just say like, hey. It's not going to happen because they just go 0-2. Yeah, week one, and we didn't really get, obviously, a chance to talk about We'll do a little bit of next hour. But, you know, week one, I guess the only real shocker, and really it was because of the score of the game, was that Packers-Saints game. 
It wasn't that we didn't think the Saints could win. It was a supposed neutral site game in Jacksonville because Saints are waiting for their home field to open up again. But the manner in which that game played out, because remember we were talking, could Sean Payton really have an impact on Jameis Winston? At least in one week, the answer is yes. And then the other thing we had on Green Bay's side was all this noise in the offseason that, you know, Aaron Rodgers will never play another game for the Packers. How would that affect the mental game of that entire team? And again, based on one game, it had a major effect. They weren't ready to roll. Yeah. Um, yeah. So everything that we talked almost to an extreme going into that game, that, wow, Peyton could have a yeah. huge impact on Winston. And yes, all of that offseason, Aaron Rodgers could have a huge impact on that team. Played out that way in week one. It, it did play out that way. And look, I think there's still um, obviously a lot of season left with the Packers specifically. Remember last year they went to Tampa and the game was in the heat. It was early in the season. It was hot. The Packers just kind of fell apart. And I'm not saying that's a, a great reason why they fell apart here, but that might be their MO, right? Gets a little hot, uncomfortable, and they're just, they just, they lose big, they lose bad. And, and, um, it was not a good start, obviously. Now they get the Lions this weekend on Monday night and they bounce back in a huge way. So obviously, uh, if you're a Packers fan, you probably feel good about playing the Lions who it was 41 17 with two minutes left in that Niners game. Like they're not, the Lions aren't any good. Bounce back this weekend, mm. start feeling good about yourself and get things going the right way. Hold direction. on. Were you victimized by that backdoor? Cover by the Lions? No, I was not, no. All right, all right. A lot of people were. That yes, was not unbelievable. Me. Not me. We were watching that game, Rich and I. All right, on the other side, much more. Can Florida pull an upset against Alabama? We'll have that next. All right, rolling on on this big Saturday, and Alabama has gotten in the end zone, reasserting themselves. Waiting on the exit point. It is good. So 28-17, Alabama stretching out their lead against Florida. Four and a half minutes to go in the third quarter there. By the way, upgrade to a Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor for a noticeably smooth shave. Thanks to their six precision cut stainless steel blades. Find your perfect shave with Dollar Shave Club in stores. Yeah, that's Dollar Shave Club in stores. So go to the store, find them. Welcome to the club. And that's what great teams do. You bounce right back. You give up a touchdown. The hometown fans are getting excited, and they march down the field. The one thing I, I do pick up with Alabama right now, their their lead running back is Brian Robinson Jr. He just got in the end zone on that touchdown. He has been in that program like for ten years. <laughs> I, I I know I know for five years he's been in this program at Alabama. But you know we always talk about their quarterbacks. But you also have well you can talk about any position. By the way, there's did you know this that Nick Saban is the only coach ever that's had first round draft picks at every single position except e- special teams. Except especially, but every every you know of your normal whether it's guard, center, Uh, tackle, defensive tackle, linebacker, corner, safety, quarterback, running back, it doesn't matter. So he's developing players across the board. But Brian Robinson, by and large, has always been their second or third running back, and now he's their lead guy. And I'm not saying he doesn't have talent because obviously he does, but he's not you know what we've been used to. He's not Najee Harris. He's not you know that level running back. And, uh, you know, Bryce Young's numbers today are good. They're not overwhelming. 18 to 29, 200 yards. He has the three touchdowns. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know. I'm trying to make an excuse here for the rest of the country yeah. that maybe Alabama isn't all that dynamic, but they're, they're no, averaging three and a half Steve, yards on the ground in this game against Florida. Oh, oh my God. One, the one, oh, the horror, the one time they don't average eight yards a carry. Well, how about this? Florida uh. has 147 <laughs> yards rushing in this game, and Alabama's 52. 
Yeah, Florida kicked a field goal when they should have gone for it uh, earlier in the game. And they had a holding call that brought back um, a, a decent kind of drive to end the second half. So, um, you know, they assume first half. So, you know, they, they've had a couple things not not go their direction. I mean, the numbers are even in this game. Florida has 15 yeah. first downs. Alabama has 14, 260 but, yards for Florida, 252 for Alabama. The, Time of this possession is, why, is the same. There's the one turnover for uh, Florida. The, this is why being aggressive is so important in these games, right? Yeah. Dan Mullen had a chance early on to go for it, fourth and three, keep the field goal. Even after fourth and six, something like that. Even he called timeout too, came out and kicked the field goal. Those four points not, not might, might not matter in the end of everything, but it gives sends a message to your team about being aggressive, right? And against Alabama, you can't settle for field goals because they're going to score, right? The, the the idea that you're going to hold the team down like Alabama is ludicrous. This is not the way it is. Um, and so you have to to coach that way, and he didn't. And so even though the yards are very similar, he just didn't. He didn't coach. He didn't coach the like expecting Alabama to keep scoring. Well, and, and uh, by the way, I'm looking at some of the other games going on right now. Ohio State did score to kick off their second half, up 26 on Tulsa right now. Um, I mean, again, this They're is back. A <laughs> I need Oregon. I need them to keep winning because obviously it's really good for Oregon. Um, on again, we haven't touched on it quite a few bit, uh, quite a bit. USC is up twenty one fourteen now. Jackson Dart, true freshman, yep. out of Utah. Slovis went in. down with an injury early in that game and, for USC. Yeah, in, and the USC is right now. It's a third and twelve, and Dart just got sacked. Maybe no, he's he's way more elusive than Slovis is, um, which is pretty incredible uh, to watch. He just threw another interception though, unfortunately. But he's trying to make plays. He's trying to make plays, and uh, you know maybe USC is uh, is back. Well, I mean, they're showing you're down 14 nothing on the road. Nothing's going right. You could only imagine. I mean, it doesn't happen often in a major school that a coach is fired this early in a season. And so no. the, for the players to try to adjust, like, what just happened here? And, and, and almost a feel of a certain level of guilt because they played lousy against Stanford. I mean, they were in a 41-13 hole before a couple of garbage-time touchdowns made the final score a little more respectable, not enough to have Clay Helton save his job. But I can only imagine from a college player standpoint, you got your coach fired in the second week? Especially, I mean, remember they opened up against San Jose State. Remember after that game and Helton was like saying, hey, we, 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 we beat a top 25 team. Yeah, uh, you know, because he was really trying to build up that win against San Jose State, and then you just stink up the joint at home, and all of a sudden he's fired. Now you're on a road trip. The plane yeah. tips backwards. You got all kinds of that crazy was that was wild. Stuff. So um, that brings up. So we we played Washington State. So for those who didn't see the the, the picture, USC had flown to. It's not they're not in Pullman. They're like in Lewiston or some somewhere like two hours away. The the, the, the runway in Pullman at least. Not until recently, maybe it's bigger now, but you used to not be able to fly into Pullman. But nonetheless, the plane, they unload the front of the plane first. And so the cargo, and I assume the rest of the team, typically sits in the back of the plane. Right. And the front of the plane literally lifted <laughs> off the ground. The picture's out there to go see. And half so, the guys are still on the plane. Yes. So we played a game in Pullman in 2006. We lost. It was embarrassing. We had a bunch of turnovers. We shouldn't have lost. It was a day game too. It was like a, a one one twelve kickoff. And look, we have a short, very short drive to uh, from uh, from 
uh, you know, a flight from Eugene, excuse me, from Pullman to Eugene or Lewis into Eugene. So we get there, Steve, right? We're, we're upset. We're pissed off. There's another plane on the tarmac, too. It's Boise's plane. Boise just played Idaho because we're flying out of Lewiston, which is near Moscow, Idaho, where, where, where the Vandals play. Yes. And uh, by the way, USC just had a strip sack. They're up 28-14 now in, in the end zone. So that USC's back, everyone. And so we get to we get to tarmac, Steve, and we start we, we leave, right? We roll off the tarmac and we stop all of a sudden. And then what felt like the thrusters going in reverse. And then we stopped again. And the the the, the pilot got on the, the, the intercom and said, Hey guys, we roll off the tarmac and we're stuck in the mud. Steve, we were stuck there for seven hours. Ugh. They had to bring And you a couldn't get board. off. No. Well, the front half of the plane got off and went to in the in the law in like the terminal Lewiston, Idaho, and we stayed in the back of the airplane. We, it took us seven hours to to get out and flee to, mm. to fly back home. Seven hours. That is unbelievable. Uh, by the way, I I don't know if this has ever happened to you. So I was part of the UCLA broadcast team for two years back in the mid nineties, and we're in your neck of the woods, Eugene. Okay, playing Oregon. Uh, Chris Roberts, who was the longtime voice of the uh, Bruins, and I, I was doing the color analyst job that year. And um, it seemed to me like we were taking our time leaving the game to get back to the airport because we had our own car. And and Chris kept insisting, you know, we're fine. We're fine. They're not going to leave without us. We get to the airport and the doors are closed. And we're like, what the hell's going on? And we look out on the runway and there's our charter and it's just beginning to move. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen this before. We race our car onto the runway. Wow. And they see us. And they stop. They had just started to roll. Just, I mean, it wasn't like they were ready to yeah. take off, but they were just starting to roll. And they stopped. And so we parked the car, and the two of us walked onto the plane. Can you imagine the looks we were getting from the rest of the team? Like, we are we delaying for these two knuckleheads? I've never seen that before, have you? Can you imagine no, for no. the announcing crew, you would stop the plane and never, hold never it up to bring them on, Bert? So that, that happened up in Eugene. Never seen it before. Craziness. By the way, the Clemson-Georgia Tech game right now, there's a weather delay in that game. Clemson was leading early in that game, 7 nothing against Georgia Tech, so all kinds of lightning and all kinds of craziness has put that game on hold, at least for now. The, the lightning um, is, as a player, I hate it because it was 30 minutes every lightning strike. And when I saw Clemson was in delay, I looked and see because you know we're close to Clemson and the weather's fine here, I guess for now. Um, lightning is the worst, Steve, because it's th- it's thirty it's thirty minutes every lightning strike. Right. And so if if you get twenty seven minutes of the thirty, and then a lightning strike, boom, you have to wait thirty more minutes. Mm. And mm. then your body gets all cooled down. It's not it's not fun as a player. I mean, as a fan, I'm sure it's not fun sitting in the stands either, waiting that out. But lightning delays just take a long time. All right. Uh, Notre Dame leading Purdue now 27 to 13. Got a minute 20 to go. So it looks like the Irish are ready to move to 3-0. and And again, with a win today, Brian Kelly becomes the winningest coach in Notre Dame history. Now, can, when you look at Newt Rockney, Frank Leahy, they still have the highest winning percentages of any coach ever. Uh, but right now, Brian Kelly, with the win today against Purdue, will be the winningest coach in Notre Dame history. All right, we got a lot of NFL football we want to get to on the other side. Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, will join us coming up next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. 
<sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Steve Arbin and Jeff Schwartz. By the way, Florida just scored. They're right back in it. 28-23, Alabama coming to the end of the third quarter in that game. So the Gators definitely hanging in this one. We got a huge NFL Sunday coming up. Joining us right now, as he does every week, Fox Sports Radio NFL insider Adam Kaplan. Adam, I want to talk about something that Jeff and I were talking about a little bit earlier about the dreaded 0-2 start yeah. uh, that used to be for a 16-game season, almost the death knell of your playoff chances. About 10% of the team starting 0-2 would eventually go on to make the playoffs. But when you look at the schedule this week, uh, Bills at Miami, could they be 0-2 right now? Patriots on the road against the Jets, could they be 0-2? Uh, we got the Cowboys at the Chargers, they could be 0-2. Titans at the Seahawks, Ravens hosting the Chiefs. Is it different in your opinion with a 17 schedule as far as an 0-2 start for teams deemed to be playoff possibilities? Yes, you have to remember also we have the extra wild card for the second straight year. That That's where I think it really comes. It's not so much a 17th game, but having the extra wild card per conference, we now have three wild cards versus two for decades. So I, I think that will help one of these teams that – Maybe starts 0-2, potentially get that, that uh, seventh seed uh, in, in a particular conference. But the, the, obviously the Bills, the Bills uh, that's the one where I'm very anxious to see if they could rebound. They, Josh Allen was incredible at Miami last year. Uh, so 
I would expect them to bounce back. And that was probably the most physical game in week one, the Bills-Steelers. What an awesome game. Both quarterbacks didn't do well, but the defenses took over. That was, that was certainly one of the many highlights of week one. There were a lot of good games last week. It feels like we should be worrying about the Ravens a little bit. Their yeah. offensive line yeah. is is a mess um, defensively, a lot of injuries and just stubbornness on defense, which that's just kind of what coaches are. But they get a Chiefs team now um, coming into Baltimore. Pat Mahomes has averaged 378 yards passing the three games against the Ravens. If they start 0-2, especially in that division that looks maybe tougher than we thought with the Bengals and, and Steelers playing well in Week 1, uh, is there worry about the Ravens after, or really, if they if they lose the Chiefs? Yeah, Jeff, that would be the other team. Um, and also, I'd add the the Titans. Uh, we can get to them in a second, but yeah, look, let's let's face it. Not only are they down with to their third string running back, they lost their best corner, uh, outside corner. That's yeah. uh, Marcus Peters. So that for the season with his torn ACL and, and Marlon Humphrey's terrific, but that's going to hurt them in this particular matchup. I'm very interested to see how they're going to cover Tyree Kill uh, tomorrow night. I mean, the game's at home. They get to travel. They blew that 14-point lead. That'll, that'll st- certainly stick with them. They said the Chiefs are not the team you want to face uh, coming off of a very tough loss on a short week. Yeah, the, the, I would have to say that, that I, I would be concerned about them losing this game, but I still think they're going to get a wild card, even if they start 0-2. I did pick Cleveland to win the division, and also Cleveland at 0-1, but they should absolutely smoke the, the Texans. All right, but four- over, yeah, I was just gonna say overall, I, I, I'm not overly concerned about. It's, you know, I see what the theme is here. I'm not overly concerned because of that extra wild card. Even if you go at zero and two and you're a good team, you can get a wild card. Yeah, sorry about that, Adam. I just yeah. I'm so anxious to get to this one game: 49ers and Eagles. Yeah. And Jalen Hurts looked phenomenal. And you look at Atlanta, and it looks like they made a big mistake. They should have addressed their quarterback of the future. Instead, they thought, ah, let's give uh, Matt Ryan a couple extra weapons. Things will be good. It's not going to be that kind of season for the Falcons. So the question is, are the Eagles as good as we saw week one in that big win? And the 49ers suddenly, again, find themselves with injuries that really derailed their season a year ago. What do you think of this matchup? Yeah, let's get to the Niners. So the Niners are they're down two corners for this game. They're top two guys. Verrett towards ACL, he's done for the season. And on the other side, um, they just don't have a lot of depth. That that worries me. Greenlaw just went on injury reserve. He's their weak side linebacker. They don't have a lot of depth at corner. That's why they brought in Josh Norman, Drake Kirkpatrick. That's not good, uh, certainly. And then you look at Philly. Now here here's the way I'm going to take that question. I don't think their roster is that good. I think their coaching is superior. I thought they did it. They absolutely outcoached Archer Smith and his staff. That was game was on the road. Jeff had brought up about the crowd noise. What, what was interesting is they, when we were talking last week about the potential crowd noise, the Falcons, I forgot, they have a retractable roof. So they opened it up and got the, you know, got the warmth in there, but it didn't affect Philly. Philly used 10 defensive yeah. linemen. They were ready for that game. I just thought Atlanta got completely outcoached and, quite frankly, embarrassed. They were... Awful after the first quarter. After Philly slowed down the Atlanta's run game, they had no answer. Matt Ryan was hauled on the ball, uh, Steve, just a little bit too long, and they were bad. I mean, I thought Atlanta would be bad. I'm not so sure how Philly's going to be uh, record-wise, but I could tell you when you, have a, when you have a good staff, the team sometimes is a little bit better than you think. Let's talk about the AFC South, right? Uh, all four are going to be underdogs this weekend. All four could lose, but really the, the, the question is Tennessee and Indianapolis. I was yeah. not high on the Colts here because I don't believe in Carson Wentz, but nonetheless, either of those teams start 0-2. Who should we worry about more? Colts. Oh, Colts. No, no question. Colts now, this is their second straight home game. It's so weird 
a quirk in the schedule. They op- they open up against an MC West team at home against Seattle. They didn't they got handled last week. Yeah, the best corner Rhodes is out again uh, with his calf injury. That's not good. When you got Matthew Stafford coming in, who was great week one at home against Chicago. I don't see. I just don't see the Colts winning this game. It would surprise me if they won. I believe the Rams will will, will cruise into this game. I don't think it'll be bothering them uh, going to different time zones and all that. Tennessee, look, they were embarrassed at home. Uh, they have a very good coaching staff. Mike Vrabel, I could tell you, coaches his coaches hard. That this will probably not have been a pleasant week to be a, a Titans assistant coach. They were they were awful last week. Chandler Lewan, the left tackle, was awful. He thanked Chandler Jones on Twitter, <laughs> which was interesting. Okay, uh, that that that, that was a little me, surprising to me. <laughs> that drove that tweet drove me like well, I didn't I didn't I didn't tweet about it in the moment because you know what I was like Look. yeah go ahead. Like I, that was embarrassing, man. We we all know that you didn't play well. We all watched the game. Like, just play better next week. Like, just play better next week, man. I I, I text five separate XFL <laughs> players over different positions. They all have the same sentiment as me. Like, just play better, man. We don't need to hear about it on Twitter. Just play right. better. You don't need you, if you're looking for sympathy. That's not where you're getting it, man. You're getting it from playing better on Sunday. I don't disagree. And by the way, they were off on both sides of the football. That's the thing. It wasn't one area of their football team. And, you know, Arizona is a team, by the way, that many of us probably underrated a little bit. I, I, don't, I don't know how good they're going to be, but Ty- Carlo Murray might have had his best game as a pro. It wasn't just running yeah. around and making plays. He actually threw the ball from the pocket extremely well. Very impressed with what they were able to do. And this is a game, on, they have their home opener against the Vikings, who are really beat up, uh, particularly on their offensive line. Yeah, and, and the other thing, now, it's all about West Coast football, obviously. AFC West, NFC West, 8-0, week one. Uh, but this Arizona team, I think maybe the most underrated acquisition in the offseason was J.J. Watt. I mean, you saw his numbers last year. They were pedestrian on a really bad Houston team. But his presence on that defensive front, you think that made a, cha- a, a difference for Chandler Jones? I mean, I, I got to believe now an Arizona team where a lot of people thought Cliff Kingsbury was on that short list of coaches on a hot seat, uh, maybe the surprise. Is that the best division right now? You look at Seattle, look at the 49ers, Rams with a big victory in week one. Is that the best division in the NFL right now? Oh, no doubt. It was coming into the season. I just was not sure about um, the Niners and the Cardinals. The Niners, I'm very concerned about the injury stuff, their injury issues. We'll see what they could do in Philly tomorrow. But I would say Arizona is that team that we, again, I think we're probably underrating them a little bit. And then, yes, J.J. Watt helping, no doubt. That's a great acquisition for the D-line. And the other thing is it'll help their secondary. They are very weak at cornerback. But when you get a pass rush, they got, which was consistent and, and, and got in, in Tannehill's face. Tannehill could do nothing. And then the other thing is we, the one team I do want to mention very quickly, that there's no way they're losing Monday night. You talk about it going 0-2. The, the Packers, I still don't know what happened last week. Yes, they're they played terribly. Yeah. I, I can't – I mean, here's a question. Do, do we not think the Saints' defense could be this good? I mean, they were awesome last week. Uh, well, I didn't think – I didn't really know about their defense. Now, they have some guys hurt, obviously, which is uh, – you kind of will maybe dampen the, the excitement for that defense. Uh, but I think the Packers bounced back to the glass for me, though. Yep. So – Cleveland lost a game that they should have won um, on Sunday. And I'm a little worried about what I'm hearing out of Cleveland. I saw I saw a story. Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Lane had to talk to the team about keeping their heads up for the rest of the season. And th- does that worry you? I mean, I, I, I mm. know that there's a lot of expectations for them. I'm, I'm high on them, too. I think they're going to win 13 games. And, yes, the week one was their quote-unquote Super Bowl, right? They, 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 you know, they worked on that for months and months and months, played well and still lost. Are you worried when you hear that that type you know that type of talk out of Cleveland? 
Jeff, a little bit, but knowing Kevin Stefanski as I do and knowing he'll hold things together, he's an even kill guy. He's you know, the coach of the year last year. Uh, like a lot of people, yeah, I not only picked in the playoffs, I, w- I picked them to win the AFC North same, since the, same for the first time. 1989, Jeff, if they do it. And I'm a little bit disappointed. I did pick them to win last week's game at Kansas City. I thought they got a little conservative in the second half. But overall, I think they'll bounce back. They're pretty resilient. And the other thing I like, guys, is their coaching staff is a veteran staff. I think they'll handle it. Now, if they lose this game on Sunday, they're in major trouble because the the the, oh, the, the Texans it, right? are their <laughs> roster so bad they cannot lose this game. Yeah, Adam, I, I got a bit of a cream puff question and really an oversight of the NFL. But when you go back to that Monday night game, which was unbelievable with the Raiders getting that win against the Ravens, and then a seemingly nondescript matchup between the Giants and the Washington Football Team. And that game turns out to be yeah. an unbelievable yeah. football game. I mean, I don't. The NFL, it doesn't seem like they can do no wrong right now. I don't even know how to phrase the question, but what kind of impact does that have when you have primetime games where you don't necessarily think it's going to be a super matchup, but it turns out to be a must-watch game all the way to the final gun. I mean, it it just it just seems to me like there's this league can do no wrong. But what kind of impact does that have for the league in those primetime games on on games that seemingly on paper should have been throwaway games? Well, it's funny you say because I I, um, I do TV for a company called Sports Grid uh, three days a week, and I said leading up to the game on Thursday, I said, man, I'll be honest with you, I'm not looking forward to this game. Two nondescript teams, which I'm not expecting to go to the playoffs, and it turns out to be a great game. And the funny thing about all this is, ESPN paid a lot more money than they did in the last deal for Monday Night Football to get a better schedule. Then you see this game on Monday night. Now, their, their first game was good, but this game you scratch your head like, Lions, why are the Lions on Monday Night Football? Yeah, I, I, It's just ridiculous. They should not be on it. But if you look at their schedule the rest of the way, mo- it's mostly good. You could clearly see they paid a lot more money. The Thursday night schedule's good. It's, good, it's much better to answer your question overall, and it's a good thing for the league that a game that most people do not think would be very good Turned out to be very, very competitive. I thought that was good. And considering Ryan Fitzpatrick did not play, uh, the Giants had a major injury on their offensive line on the first couple series, and it didn't look like it was going to be good, but it was super competitive. And the league always calls this competitive balance. They don't like when I say parity. They always correct me on that, so uh, we'll call it competitive balance. (laughs) Speaking about the league, I I know it's the last one, but i got to ask one more. Um, I thought Dexter Lawrence was offsides. Uh, the game is played in, in real speed, not in slow-mo, zoomed in um, on Twitter. Um, two things. Was he offsides, which I think the league said he was. Um, and secondly, look, Joe Judge is, is, ain't going well in New York. Um, they're supposed to be a team of discipline and not making mistakes, and that's not what they are. So what do you make of Joe Judge's tenure so far, and, and also was Lawrence offsides? I think the issue is the GM, Dave Gettleman, Jeff, to answer your question. It, it's really not Joe Judge. They like Joe Judge. He has brought in discipline. You saw what happened when they had the, when they had the fight and Daniel Jones got piled on. Uh, they, <laughs> they, they, they took 25 minutes to, to be, and got yelled at, literally on the field in front yeah, of reporters. But, the, but that's, that's, that's... It's over the that's, top. But that's amateurish. He, uh, that's amateur you could say that, man. Jeff, but the players, I could tell you, they seem to have bought in from talking to the personnel staff. I can't explain why a guy is off. It was clearly offside, by the way, to answer your question. I yeah. can't explain that. No one can, but that's on the player. Um, you could say it cost them the game, but it wasn't that. By the way, that wasn't the only problem they had in that game. Um, they had 14 penalties in that game. You cannot have that or whatever. It was, it was double digits. It was definitely double yeah. digits with penalties. You can't have that. So, they've, look, they have a chance. Uh, next week they play Atlanta at home. If they, if they lose to Atlanta at home next week, that – 
I mean, forget about their season. The, the, the question is, does Gettleman survive this in terms of keeping this job? I, I, he's done an awful job of building that offensive line. Let's call it like it is. All right. One week and one game. Hey, I seriously, I mean, feel like we could go three hours just talking about one week and one game uh, in the NFL. We got a lot of football ahead of us. Adam, as always, great stuff. We always appreciate it. We'll talk to you next thank week. You. Guys, thank you. Love Adam Kaplan joining us, our Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider Series XM NFL. All right, let's find out what's trending right now. We turn our attention right back to this guy. David Gascon. Hello, hello, hello. Gascon's mm. coming up. You guys have uh, three or four TVs around you. What uh, what are they on right now? All right, I've got the Alabama-Florida game. Check. Cincinnati. I'm going looking at highlights. I got um, the Iowa-Kansas State who's game. The producer that's operating. That Ohio TV State for you. Tulsa game going on right now. Okay. It's good. Uh, am I looking at Memphis, Mississippi State? Is wow. That, I got that Who's game the executive on. producer of this show? Uh, well, we got uh, Lee Delap. Uh, Lee's eating right now, so he can't adjust the televisions for you. And then there's uh, Iowa well, Sam. And he's asleep at the wheel. And he's so, got that Iowa game, so he's focused on his uh, Hawkeyes. Great. All right. Well, What's I problem? will do the job of them for you. Yeah. Um, that Iowa game, yeah, it's uh, 23-7 right now. Hawkeyes with the advantage and the football. Under six minutes to play in regulation. Clemson, Georgia Tech, weather delay. Clemson has a 7-0 lead. Tulsa just scored, though, so now they're within seven against the Buckeyes. 20-13. This ballgame is on FS1. Alabama 28-3 over Florida right now as it stands. It was it looked ugly looking on for the Gators, but uh, they've fought back. It's in the fourth quarter right now. Uh, Bryce Young has three touchdown passes, 240 yards through the air as it stands in that affair. Notre Dame, 27-13. That ballgame's gone final. They beat Purdue. Kyron Williams, 12 carries for 91 yards and a touchdown. Everything else final from earlier today. Texas A&M won. Oklahoma barely beat Nebraska. Cincinnati won. West Virginia upset 15th-ranked Virginia Tech, 27-21. Leedy Brown, 161 yards and 19 carries. Coastal Carolina won. And Michigan State slapped around Miami, 38-17. I got to ask, guys, like, when are we going to get Miami off of national television? Oh, yeah, I, I mean, Please? <laughs> uh, we, we were also talking about the Derek King situation and the oh. fact that he uh, he scored a lot of uh, endorsement deals, yes. a lot, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And if you're one of those people who are pouring pot money in his pocket, you're like, hey, kid, Pay when, up. You, when, when are you going to start showing up? Yeah. You know, we got to get something for our investment. It's it's one of the big stories about the name image likeness. A lot of people are not thinking about. Yeah. Like uh, it's experimental this year. Right. We don't yeah. really know how this is going to work in terms of are you going to get return on your dollar with these guys? And if you're not producing and all of a sudden, I don't know, I'm calling him directly like, dude, you got to play better. Or how about worse? Calling the coach like what's going on with your quarterback? And it's like, hello, who is this? Yeah. Why are you calling me right now? Oh, we're putting money in your quarterback's pocket. Oh. Um, so just something to, to think about uh, uh, with his name, image, and likeness. Major League Baseball, Yankees got beat up by Cleveland, 11-3. Dodgers won at Cincinnati, so now they're a game and a half back of San Francisco. Giants do play tonight against the Braves in the Bay Area. area. All right. I don't know, I don't know, if, I don't know if San Francisco's going to lose again the rest of the regular season. I you, hope not. That would be nice to win the West. I would a plus $5,500 ticket on them. Oh, Did you? Um, oh, $5,500. How uh, yeah, the Rams look to you, Jeff? Rams look good. Yeah, was, they did. Uh, I was I was impressed week one um, with what they, you know, what they did. The Bears I don't think are very good. No. So we'll see. Obviously, a better test this weekend against the Colts. How about this though? We have a fourth and goal, the one yard line in the yeah. Right uh, Florida just uh, called a timeout. So nine twenty nine to go in the fourth quarter. Alabama's got a fourth and goal at the one yard line, leading this game twenty eight twenty three. 
Yeah, and uh, they had a Florida call timeout because they they didn't cover a wide receiver, right? <laughs> so that would be that'd be good to cover them. So this is a big it's a big spot right here. Obviously, if you score here, this feels like a backbreaker, right? Because right. you know now you're up two scores again, and you know it's one yard to gain. Now, obviously, if Florida stops them, Florida's going to feel pretty good about winning this game. They go 99 yards um, afterwards, but a big stop here, and, and this is a, a real ball game, right? And well, so we'll see think about this: has. this one was 21-3 Alabama at the end of the first. Yeah. Quarter. Since then, it's twenty to seven, Florida. So we were sitting here at the start of the show, and Alabama just seemingly scoring on every drive. Bryce Young had three touchdown passes in the first quarter, and we're just talking about wow. I mean, Alabama has separated themselves from the rest of the pack. So what's Florida done here? I mean, Alabama's got one score in the last two and a half quarters. What has Florida done? Um, well, they're beating up uh, the offensive line right now. I mean, this is a game where, where Alabama has done really well up front, and they've done it for years now, and Florida's just being more physical right now. Uh, and look, I think there's something to the idea of the first road game, man, of this of this offense's life. And just the, the noise, and, the, and when things get tense and you can't hear because things are just like – are just so loud in your ear. Like they haven't experienced that, right? Last year there weren't a lot of fans in the stands. And now obviously you have a full entire swamp today. That those little it, it's it's a little detail. It's a, something very little. It matters, right? It matters. It's fourth and one right here. They're motioning the back into the backfield. I imagine they're running inside zone, but we'll see. Florida's- and uh, Ch- uh, Bryce Young there is uh, coming up on the line to call something. And- well, they're running zero pressure, so you can't run the ball. You have to throw it. All right. So, we'll, so we'll and do. he's going to. There's a penalty. Oh, false start. False start. That's going to move card. it back, and that means that Alabama probably will go for a field goal attempt, and that is wow, critical. I I don't think that would sit well with Nick Saban. You can see we'll, his we'll get frustration. His, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, they again, young look, again for, for quarterback playing his first road game and first two road game, and you know the 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 offense is not in sync. Not surprised. Yeah. So uh, it is now fourth and goal, but they moved the ball back five yards and. They will now attempt a field goal. So even with a field goal, it'd be a one-score game. Alabama would be up eight uh, with a uh, successful field goal attempt, and we're just waiting on it. It's a cheap uh, little 24-yarder, and it is good. So 31-23, Alabama leading Florida. Still nine and a half minutes to go in this game. Plenty of time there. Notre Dame took care of business against Purdue 27-13. Iowa now pulling away from Kent State up 30-7. to Ohio State has scored... Up 27-13, uh, I mean, this is unbelievable. This was a four-touchdown. What, 28 was the line on this? Might have been more than that, right? Which which game? Ohio State-Tulsa? I think it was like 20. Let me find out right here. Um, it was, uh, it was, I thought it was about, f- about three or four scores, right? Somewhere around there. It had to be Tulsa, just, just, Tulsa was winless going into this uh, game. It's 25. 25. 25. All right. Yeah. So, uh, Ohio State leading that game by 14. They're heading to the fourth quarter in that game. Um, I always like to take advantage, of course, with Jeff. We got a lot of games to talk about. Um, one of the things about the NFL from week to week is never read too much into any game, right? Correct. I mean, you see one team looks so bad. I mean, let's go back to that Saints-Packers game, right? The Packers could not have looked any worse, and the Saints could not have looked any better. Um, So when you're going week to week in the NFL, how much of that plays into it? Do you anticipate, Jeff, that a team that looks insanely good one week is probably going to take a step back and similarly, a team that looks insanely bad one week is going to be a little bit better the next when you're thinking week to week and making your picks. 
I think a lot of it has to do with your preseason expectations of teams. So, for example, I was not as high on the Titans because they had a new offensive coordinator. Their defense was really bad last year, and I just was concerned about them as a team. So their performance week one kind of validated that, right? Oh, boy, I think I'm sort of on the right track with them. Vice versa, Arizona, I was concerned about their offense this year. Their offense had just kind of like blah. They can't, oh, okay, Arizona. Now, with Arizona, I'll wait a couple of weeks to decide whether or not it's real or not, right? Because of what I thought before the season. And the Titans, though, kind of confirmed what I thought about them. Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. I didn't think he'd be good this year. Week one, so you can't make a judgment off of week one. But guess what? Wasn't very good. Now, of course, it's week one. So, you know, we'll have a better a better understanding in a couple of months of whether or not that my preconceived notion of the season is true. But like, that's part of it, right? Is you have to determine what you thought about the team before the season to make your opinion of them now. Last week, believe it or not, Jacksonville was a favorite on the road against the Houston Texans. And that was based on everybody thinking that this Texans team without Deshaun Watson will be historically bad. Not just bad, but historically bad. And they absolutely blew out Jacksonville in this game. Tyrod, stop calling me Tyrod Taylor, had 291 yards passing, a couple of touchdowns. Mark Ingram gave them a running game. Uh, Brandon Cooks had a huge game receiving in that game. Um, well, I told you to bet the Texans. I mean, that in retrospect, it seemed like a, a free spot on the bingo board. Um, what does this tell you about what's going on in Houston? I mean, Cali no. certainly gets no I, fanfare. Cully, uh, whatever. I think, I think it just, I think it just shows you that, um, that you know their 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 professional team who has pro players, and it tells you Jacksonville's roster is just really not good. I mean, that, that's what I, that's Although what Trevor me. Lawrence did wake up in the second half. I mean, he ended up with over 300 yards passing this game. Of course, most of it in garbage time. Um, we got, we, you know, we started today talking about Urban Meyer saying no chance to any interest in that USC job. If they, if they go two and 14, which is a real possibility in Jacksonville and they really showed no sign of life. Could you see him taking the USC job? I don't think so. You're telling that uh, it was USC people are listening to you right now. You know, that. I don't think he's taking that job. All right, so no under. So when he says no chance, you say no chance. I think so. Yeah. All right. On the other side, we got games ahead of us on this college football Saturday, and plenty more on this Sunday. Jeff will have all his best picks coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There's the snap to Jones. He's going to run up the middle of the field, pounding his way toward the goal line. And he's in! Nick Hubert there from Learfield. So Florida got within five at 28-23. Alabama has added a field goal to lead 31-23, but Florida is driving, and they are in the end zone. Touchdown, Florida! Wow! Just like that, they are a two-point conversion away from tying this up. 3.08 to go in the fourth quarter. That looked easy. Running it in on that Alabama defense. So Florida now a two-point conversion away, Jeff, from tying up this game. Yeah, this three minutes left in this game. Um, this is, uh, wow, yeah. shocking. Um, but this is, I, I go back to this again. Like, this is what home field advantage does for you. Like, when things start going really well, I've been on the other side of this. When things start snowballing, this is what happens on the road is things just kind of start going haywire. It's hard to get them back. And if you're the team like Florida, two touchdown dogs, um, then, you know, you start kind of feeling a little bit and you get a little excited and, and this is where they're at. And so they just got stuck. I don't know what that was. That, Are it's you a, it's, kidding it's a, me with that call? It's a zone read, but a, it's a long zone read. Well, Jones, like, the quarterback, for some reason, was hanging on the ball. It was like an inside handoff, and he was trying to make a decision whether to pull the ball out. He finally let go of the ball, and they come up short of the goal line. Close. But they come up short on the two-point conversion, so Alabama maintains a oh. 31-29 lead. There is some kind of discussion. No flag on the play. Clock is running, by the way, right now. That's weird, yeah. Why is the clock running? Am I missing something that was a misconversion? Why is the clock running? I think it's an accident. The clock is just running. And what what is going on here? They're just reviewing it. I don't think it's supposed to be this way. I mean, I mean, the clock is down. to It's still running as we're watching right now while the officials are actually talking. Is anybody? There they go. Wow. 
That was unbelievable. They yeah. had the clock running down to 143. There's actually three minutes and 10 seconds to go right now uh, in this game. So uh, somebody was asleep at the wheel there. But Alabama maintains the lead 31-29 to over Florida. I want to thank Iowa Sam today. Tremendous job as always, Whew. Iowa Sam. Great to welcome back the legend himself, Mr. David Gascon. Lead a lap, of course. Anxious about his Packers after that embarrassing loss last week to the Saints. Are they a sure bet for a blowout win against the Lions this week? What do you think, Jeff? No doubt about it. Yes. Yeah. I put him in a teaser with the Giants getting nine points. The Browns, mm-hmm. I took him down to five. Or, or not five. took him down to, uh, to three, six, six. Right, six, I believe. And then I took the Packers from... What are the Packers? 12, 12 11, right. down to five or something like that. Yeah, I think, I think those teams win by touchdowns. By the way, my play of the week this week, I'm a big believer in lines. In other words, three and a half, take the favorite, don't take the dog. Two and a half, take the dog, not the favorite. They, it's what I call sucker hooks on these games. I love the Rams to cover three and a half at Indianapolis. I yeah, love I, I bet, the Rams in that game. Yeah, I've been on the Rams too, and... And I, I am going to be Operation Fade the Colts until proven otherwise. Right. I do that every now and then. Carson Wentz has not been good. But he wasn't terrible, now. and they still could not really do much in that game. Correct. And, and the defense that tore them, the offense that tore them apart was the same offense that's coming into town, which is that, that McVay-Shanahan offense or Shanahan-McVay offense. And the Rams are feeling very comfortable and confident right now. Their defense did not play as well as I thought. They're actually, after week one, the worst rushing efficiency defense in college football, which is odd because of the personnel they have. Um, but nonetheless, I am um, I I still think the, the, the Rams go in there and handle business. All right, one other play I like, and then I want to get all yours. Uh, Cowboys Chargers overrunners a whopping 55. When I see a big number like that, I know it's not nearly enough. I'm going over that 55 in that Chargers Cowboys so game. Have, you have no. So, a couple concerns, though. The offensive lines for both teams are a little beat up, but mm-hmm. Dexter Lawrence is not playing for the Cowboys, obviously. Okay. Uh, that's a little a little concern there. Um, but yeah, that's that's a lot. That's a oh. lot. Have you, do, do, you ever, do you ever track your theories, by the way? Sort of. Yeah, I do. Well, I mean, for instance, I gave everybody, when you have a home dog on Monday Night Football, take a home dog every time so and Monday it, Night Football many times straight up, which worked out beautiful yeah. with the Raiders and Ravens. The problem here is it looked like the, that total opened at 52 and now it's at 55. Mm-hmm. You're not getting a lot of value on that at 55. I mean, it's just, I know. It, if it's gone up. All right, like, so give us a couple points. of plays. What do you got? Okay, so I like, um, I told you I, I like the Rams. I like mm-hmm. the Seahawks at home against Titans. I got that at five and a half. I think it's now up to six, um, six and a half. I got that at five and a half. Um, I took Kansas City, but I personally got them at two and a half mm-hmm. um, before the line jumped after the Ravens game. But I would take them at three or four. I think mean, they, they blow that game out. Um, we took uh, as a podcast that my Jeff Ford Swanee podcast. We, we took Miami plus three and a half at home against uh, the Bills. And lastly, we took the Jets plus six at home against the Patriots. And the reason why is. Belichick has done well against rookie quarterbacks, but most of them are bums. And Zach Wilson's not a bum. And his quarterback also is not very good right now. Like, I just think this game's going to be very close. Jets weird, the Jets weirdly cover a lot against Bill Belichick. Uh, and the line often is very large. But six points at home for the Patriots team that they're just going to run the football and play good defense feels like too many points. All right, one more quick one. Last week I took the Broncos as a road favorite against the Giants, Ooh, came up a winner. Given six. And now they're a six-point road favorite against the Jags. I like the Broncos again as a road favorite. What do you think? Um, 
That's a lot. But I think that Vic Fangio will suffocate Lawrence. That's my whole point. In other words, if, if he could, I mean, that is a good Broncos defense. And the AFC West, NFC West, 8-0 week one. Yeah. What a week. I mean, how much do you read into something like that, dominant divisions? Uh, I, again, preconceived notion from the season, right? I think that's 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 there. Mm. All right. Yeah. Well, good luck, uh, Jeff. All settled in. More college football today. Big NFL Sunday. It just goes on and on. And we love every second of it here on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.